Previously on AFTN. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership <laughs> with bcsoccerweb.com. Are you? Am I fault? Is that Pee Wee Herman there? I was trying to floss. Oh. I'm not very good at it. No, flo- that's, not, that's not a floss. Are you talking about the backpack dance? I don't know. He's trying to floss like he's got a towel. Yeah, between his. Yeah. 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 Is that yeah. not what no, it is? No, that's <laughs> not. It's totally wrong. Please, don't, please stop doing that. You're making Steve uncomfortable. Oh. No, it's fine. Th- like, Steve, play, play the music again so no, I can do a no, proper no, introduction. No. Guten Tag, mein Damen und Herren, und willkommen to episode 1300. Oh, well, anyway, episode 311 of the AFTN Soccer Show. I was doing so well, my high school German was coming back to me there, but let me down slightly towards the end. Yes, it's another episode of The Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful. British Columbia. I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. You always take a big breath before you say your name. Is it because you're not sure who you are? Is this a so fake long. persona? It's is so that long. your real name? No, no, it's not. That is your real name. Okay. Yeah. Lots to talk about, even though it's still the off season. Yeah. Our shows are still packed, despite me thinking at the start of the week, we're not going to have a lot to talk about. But then it turns out we do have tons to talk about. There's going to be lots of Whitecaps chat, MLS chat. Canadian men's national team chat, and a lot more besides. Because there's been a couple of press conferences and announcements here in Vancouver this week, which, when we do the show on a Sunday, we never know what the the week ahead is going to bring. But it's been a busy, busy week. Part one, we'll have some Whitecaps news of the week and a little bit of chat just about the Whitecaps in general. The Mark DeSantis rebuild has now officially begun. We now have 17 signed players on the Whitecaps roster for next season after seven options were picked up. Not expecting all 17 of them to to make it through to first kick. Will they even make it through to training camp? We'll, we'll soon see. Options picked up include the, the likes of Jordi Reyna and Daniel Henry. Maybe not big, big surprises, but were there any surprises in the options that, that were picked up for you, Zach? No, I'm not hugely surprised by anyone that anyone was picked up, but I agree with you that I, I don't think all 17 of those players, aside from Kendall even, I don't think all 17 of those will, will be around come, uh, you know, uh, preseason training, let alone first yeah. kick. Uh, there was one surprise for me. I'd probably say Nicholas Mosquito. 
I thought that he has kind of reached. I, I thought they would really go after uh, central midfield and kind of improve that. Yeah. And I thought he had kind of reached his top level. But then I was thinking about it, and I'll give you a reason why I think he might stay if he doesn't get traded away. Is he might be in for a different position if they play a four-three-three and those uh, wingers are a little tighter. Uh, to the striker, he could be one of those guys with Jordi Reina. Instead of playing central midfield, he could be playing a, like a winger position, mm. at, maybe off the bench or something like that, not like really as a starter. Plus, I, I, I got to sit sit down with a bunch of the, a few of the supporters this week and, and listen to Mark DeSantis talk about what he yeah, likes he in players. Yeah, he had a meeting with uh, the supporters on Tuesday. A few, yeah. yeah. But you can't talk about it. No, no, we can talk. Okay. Well, oh. people have been talking about it, so we might as Even well. Even better than We that. might as well talk about it. But uh, I, 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 one of the things I got out of that was that I think Mesquita is the type of player that he uh, will, will want in his squad. Like, uh, just his... Um, Aggressiveness, yeah. his work rate, all those kinds of things. I we think know has enough aggressiveness in the the white cap squad. Aggressive, you're talking about a different kind controlled, of aggressiveness. Oh, okay. controlled, controlled ag- aggression. aggressive. Yeah, ah, yeah, okay. yeah there, that's a good way, Steve. So I think, um, I think that he will. Uh, I think that he he could fit in really well with what uh, MDS wants to do. Interesting, because when he when he they picked his option up, my initial thought was, oh, a trade possibility. Same with Eric Cantado. I, I kind of thought it was maybe yeah. a trade, but he is cheap and can get the business done, someone that you can rely upon if you're, if you're desperate for a striker to go I mean, in there. Again, Eric, Eric I think he, he could, in a, in a different setup and a different approach, you, you know, like you never know. He Plus, could thrive, yeah. Yeah, he could thrive. Plus, again, and he showed a lot better control this year than yeah. previous years. And he's, again, not on a crazy wage. No. And, and we don't know what his option is for sure. But True. we don't think it's a, a you know a crazy ticket. And, yeah, will he be their no, the number one striker for the Whitecaps? No, it's highly unlikely. Phew. So the, the one thing about Mosquito is that there were rumors uh, or like people were kind of, kind of talking about that he might be arranging something for himself. Uh, in Europe or somewhere, somewhere in Scandinavia. But I talked to him about that, and he said... It, it never happened? No. It never was going to happen? Yeah, he, he was never... linked to Scandinavia, he was linked no, to Romania. Uh, there was, like, li- like a... Just m- kind of talking? There, no, there was interest in him, but oh, there was gotcha. never no done no, deal, no, 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 nothing close. Oh, nothing close, yeah. okay, gotcha. Well, so, the thing is, is, and, and it, it seems like that um, the, uh, when uh, DeSantos talked about who he was picking up, and he, he wanted people that wanted to be here. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking if he talked to Mis- you know, Nicholas Mosquito and Mosquito wants to be here, and I think then that's a, maybe a good true, thing. True, true. It's, it's maybe perhaps though a, a better indication of what kind of route DeSantis is going on and building his squad and the players whose options weren't picked up. You've got the likes of Stefan Marinovic have gone, Ali Gazal is gone, Jose Aha, Breck Shea has finally gone. I've heard dis- I've heard differing things on the f- on whether or not he actually had an option for this. I person. thought you were going to say whether he has gone. I no, was, no, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> you had me really worried there. I didn't I, know how that sentence I, was ending. I've heard a, at least one person say that they were pretty confident that he there was no option for ah, Brekshay. That would maybe make sense. But, but but it's not like they would make a mistake on Brekshay's options. No, five no. others gone as well, including the likes of Aaron Mond, and then four that players was out a, of contract. That was actually surprising. I, I really so, thought. Yeah. It was so again, but I. Could, it could be just his salary was just too, too high for what or the they option wanted. maybe yeah. was from the horse's mouth. Uh, Marinovich basically Ooh, what who's he's the uh, horse M- MDS. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, uh, <laughs> got to name the horse sometimes. <laughs> um, the Marinovich thing, uh, the Marinovich uh, option de- uh, being declined. He basically said is one of the key things which you've you've said a number of times in the past, or maybe both of you have, is they don't want to use an international spot yeah. on a, on a keeper. Yeah. And they feel that they can get just as good or better option 
for similar value that is domestic. And we don't totally. And remember, people have to remember too that the option uh, for all these players may not be what they're oh, being yeah. paid last year. Oh, yeah. well, it could be it's much gonna, higher. Typically, a lot of them probably will be. Yeah, I think around. Uh, I have I've heard this from at least one person in the past. Typically, in other parts of the world, you start high and and you options kind of decrease. Yeah, MLS it's the opposite. Yeah. You start low and it goes up. And well, it's it's essentially an incentive. For the, if the player is deemed to be that value for that next year's option, they will pick it up. Yeah. If it's too high and they don't see the value in it, then you get released. Then you're free to go basically wherever you want. Yeah, and, and we're, we're, we're going to have a look at. Other clubs, some of their options in the defensive category this week uh, in part two. Aaron Mon specifically, the, that was the other one. He, he was asked specifically about, like, he seems like a reliable player. Mm. Do you not see him even as a depth player to keep on? And his response is he feels they can do better at that position. Interesting. There's a lot of centre-backs up, which we will come to in, in part two. We've got four players out of contract as well. Kai Kamara, Christian Teixeira, who... His Instagram post basically yeah, confirmed his, goodbye, his away. Yeah. Sean Franklin, Brian Rowe, who could still come back if they are needing an experienced backup keeper. Kai Kamara is looking probably less and less likely, I feel. His comments, the, Mark DeSantis' comments on Monday was that whether Kamara is the guy back or not, the Whitecaps will have the right striker in place for the season. So... He, he echoed that on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah he you was have asked, to wonder whether Kai fits in the kind of thing he wants to play. He was asked, and uh, he spoke of some of his qualities uh, and what a good player he is and has been and whatever, but it's more of a, a sense that, yeah, I, I, the sense I get is not, not nothing was said yeah. uh, definitive, but the sense is that I, I think they're going to go a different route. I mean, Kamara fitted Robbo's big target guy. Yeah. And... Just as soon as we finally get the big target guy, our crossing this year was crap. Yeah, to, to like not it. fully get advantage of it, but he did well. He it, did his second best ever. It season. seems like the system he talks about, like he always mentions Liverpool and he mentions Napoli, uh, Napoli. last they, year. They they kind of have don't they have like a rotating striker where not, nobody's real a real striker, but everybody can be striker like the top three especially. Is isn't that the mm. way they play? Kind of Liverpool's kind of got your their set strikers. Maybe he's going to be like no. up and run the pitch. Up. After goals. Well, he mentioned that in an interview too, that he that he kind of sees a, his image as him. Yeah, yeah, let's hope he doesn't run in the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> I think the moves, though, they've clearly let, uh, left us needing strengthened in specific areas. We're clearly needing two, maybe even three goalkeepers, because he did talk about three having three or four goalkeepers. Badly needing some centre-backs, because right now we've got Daniel Henry, and that is it. So... Kendall, I guess, officially we have, but no one's expecting Kendall back. So you've got Daniel Henry as your centre-back. A right-back, if Franklin's not back. He, uh, he, wingers, forward. Like m- multiple wingers. Yeah. <laughs> he, he spoke on Tuesday specifically about right-back and said that he has in mind or in plans or maybe has already been in in a short period of being a white cap, mm-hmm. has already begun to set things up for that and he spoke of a very attacking option at right back interesting um, and so there's a right back coming in and it sounds like left back might also uh, might see upgrading as well I yeah, see that's interesting because when I was looking through all the options I didn't look at left backs I thought you're probably going well from anyone that's free just now you there's no one that you would want to probably re- replace the young or Levi's with obviously there's other it, things you can do it, for players that are currently under yeah, contract. Also, he also spoke of that it doesn't mean that 
uh, De Jong and Levi's wouldn't be a part of things yeah. because they are players who can play they at can other places. They can play as well, yes. yeah. yeah. So that's an interesting uh, one. A couple of positions you left out of this is, uh, you have mentioned, is, uh, is the central midfield. And I think he, he should be going for a number 10 and a box-to-box. Those two starting positions need to be addressed. Yeah. Because I don't see a starter our, our right box now. Box-to-box is definitely lacking now. Yeah. And our number 10's been lacking for years. That's why I feel like... That's why I feel like Reina can play yeah. that winger position in that in his four three three. It's whether he maybe sees Felipe as that number ten. It's possible, but maybe a backup for him as Felipe yeah. and then have a bring in. I a know DB. a lot of folk would prefer a better option than, than Felipe in there. And he mentioned too that the, that it, he's going to have to uh, gauge whether the winter transfer window is the best time to get those DPs or yeah. wait till the summer. Well, he, he has also said when we spoke to him as well, don't yeah. expect everything to get done right away. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this is more than one transfer window that, that right. you're talking about to, to build but this But not long term. No. Yeah, he told you guys short to medium term. But the one thing I liked about that part of the interview is he also wasn't going to – or he also said up front, I'm not going to hide behind that. Like if I do badly, I'm not going to say, oh, it's because I, you know, I, you know, I can't get everything done right – I want to right away. Yeah. Now, just going back to the goalkeeper situation – he made comments about Marinovic to the supporters, as you mentioned, about the international spot. He also talked about... On, on the website, too. On, yeah, on the I, I, I weighing the weaknesses and the strengths yeah. of him. And I think the, the general feeling is you can get better than Stefan Marinovic for that price. And you, you, as a domestic. you honestly can, yeah. As a domestic, too, yeah. If you, if you look at a, a lot of the goalkeeping stats for this year, I know Marinovic was out injured, but Marinovic was down the bottom. Admittedly, the defence in front of him probably didn't help, and there were some big names down there, which we'll, we'll come to in part two. Spencer Ritchie, though, his option was not picked up, which was something of a surprise in some ways. Spencer did say that he only wanted to be here if he had a real shot of being the starting goalkeeper. And if he mentioned that to DeSantos, then maybe that's the reason the option yeah. wasn't picked up. I mean, is it a case of the Whitecaps being nice and saying, look, we'll let you just go and explore your own options or could they not have picked his option up and at least maybe look to trade him well, to Cincinnati we, or don't, we don't know if they on. already talked to yeah. somebody in Cincinnati and they said no we're yeah, not really going to offer anything that was my thought too Steve. Yeah. That is, I, I don't, that is don't know if there's any validity to that but so that's that, my if thought if they because, weren't going to take him because Cincinnati knows that Vancouver is not going to protect him in, in yeah. a thing so and, and and like I said maybe if Richie told you that that he wants to be the number one and he obviously he's going to tell DeSantos that if he told yeah. you that and DeSantos says no you're not number one he's going to release him he also said he'd only go to Cincinnati if he had a real shot of being number one as well yeah. he, he and at his age he needs to be a starting keeper yeah. and he's done well in USL so that may be where Spencer ends up Good luck to wherever he ends up. Always liked Spencer Ritchie since he yeah. came here from I, Washington. I think, I think a keeper at the USL level, you're better off being a starting keeper there instead of being a backup at, in the MLS if you're a young keeper. Oh, oh yeah. 25. There's you no point in being a backup. make your name for yourself. Yeah, you might make not, not make as much, but you're, you're still progressing in your game, so eventually you can make that much. A couple of players whose options weren't picked up, Marvin Emnes and Rodriguez. <laughs> Who? That's just a waste of space to even mention. I know. Well, <laughs> you can the edit thing this is, out afterwards. It, it's a couple of busts you could look at, but at the same time, they didn't really cost the cops much, the cats much to have a look at him. Yeah. Um, kind of maybe highlighted though some poor recruitment. 
that you bring players in that aren't fit. Well, We've was it done em- that with so many players that are not fit. No, Emnes was fit. Was fit. No, he, he, got he, got he got injured here, but he hadn't played. Yeah, long time. Well, he wasn't fit. No. He hadn't played. Right. So he, was, he, was, he, wasn't he wasn't match fit. He wasn't match fit. Wasn't Emnes like a friend of Kamara's or a t- former teammate of the Kamara's? former teammate, So yeah. maybe that was just basically on a suggestion that maybe this guy's free, he can but, do something but, I mean, Our recruitment just has to be better. You yeah. have to get oh, you, players that are ready to come in. This is maybe a longer conversation for another time, but those guys were brought in, but the white Caps did not bring in any players of substance that they could have brought in in the in the summer this yeah. year. But that's because, a, because they're probably knowing there's a managerial change, and you don't want to yeah, lumber yeah. a manager with that's true. a player that he might not want. Or you don't that's want you don't want to outgo the manager. You know, you're not bringing back to have success. So then it's harder to not bring him that's, back. That's that could be either way. That's the conspiracy way of looking at it. Yes. <laughs> so I mean, there's, there's certainly a big hole in the defence, but we knew that from watching 34 matches over the course of the season. <laughs> Also possibly a hole in the defensive midfield role, as, as Steve talked about as well. But one player who definitely will be back is Russell Tybert. Russell, back in Vancouver on Monday to announce the Canadian national team friendly, not friendly, Nations League game that's coming up in March. And we're going to come to Canada in part four. But got to speak to Russell a little bit, uh, just about the Whitecaps and some other stuff at that presser. Here's what he had to say. What's your off-season going to be looking like now? It's a short one for you. So right after the camp in St. Kitts, I went I went home to get some uh, home-cooked food, and I stayed home for about three four days. Um, but I just came from the gym this morning, so I'm in an off-season program right now. We'll continue to do that until December 16th, take a little break, go back home to Niagara Falls again for, some, for my birthday, for some home-cooked food for Christmas, and then it's back out early January. You've obviously had a chance now to, to speak to Mark DeSantos. What's, what's the feeling like at the club or for you personally? How excited are you for next year? Super excited. Um, the conversation that uh, Mark and I had was, was very brief. It was just, hello, how are you? Uh, and he was doing a tour of the facility and I just happened to be there with Daniil working out. So um, hopefully plan to meet up with him at some point this week or, or before I head back for the for the uh, off-season in Niagara Falls. Um, but again, super excited and can't wait to be a part of it. Today he said that he has to break down the team to build it back up. Do you find that it's going to be a challenging season next year, or what are you kind of expecting out of the next year with all that kind of all the contract options you saw today? Well, I haven't seen it yet. Um, I was in, like I said, I just came from the gym. But thank you. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys, am I still here? <laughs> um, I haven't seen it yet, but uh, a couple of people around the facility were talking to me about it, and again, I, I can't. I don't know enough about the list because I, because I haven't seen it. Um, but we all know or knew that there were going to be changes. Um, I'm happy to be here, and I, I trust what Mark is going to do. I trust, you know, the club as a whole that they're bringing in the right people, and uh, and that we're going to get back on track. The end of season pressers, obviously, you were the first to speak, and then it kind of yep. escalated very quickly yep. after that. How did have you had a chat with any of the guys since then about how next year is going to be a clean slate, stuff like that? You know. Uh, yeah, the end. The way the the season ended with that, with all the media and all the all the press, you know, there was a lot of things that were aired out. But you know, you, you look at where we are now, and where the club is going. We got to live in the moment. We got to live in the present time. Um, that's already in the past. And I haven't had a chance to speak to to many guys because it was, you know, the exit exit meetings and guys went to different places right after. Um, but I think the common theme that that everybody has 
underlying tone of everybody's message is that they want the club to do well. We want to do well as individuals, and together, if, if we're pushing the same direction, we'll achieve that. Rusty Tybert there, just talking about some white cap stuff, so... It's maybe going to be a little bit interesting for Rusty when pre-season camp does get underway. I, I like that things were brought up in the, the post-season press conference, but has he maybe made a rod for his own back with it? Oh, absolutely. We talked we talk about this before. Yeah, but we need to have like, some clear-the-air chats. Oh, yeah, there will be some difficult conversations, I think. Yeah, there are definitely going to be players that didn't appreciate it, even even players that might have agreed with him. But still didn't appreciate the fact that he went public with it that yeah. harshly. But then... Hopefully they sort it all out. I'm yeah. pretty sure that if there's any issues, Martin Santos will nip those in the bud right away. I've liked a lot of what Mark said so far. And on on Monday when he was talking about the player releases and interviews that he's done, some of the stuff that I liked, he talked a lot about intensity. Wanting intense players. And... He said he plans to be very active in the... I don't know if he if he picked the question up right. If he meant the MLS trade window, which is next Sunday, or if he just meant the whole MLS mechanisms that's coming up over the, the next few weeks, and we'll look at some of that in the, in the next part. But he talked about his management style and how intense he can be, which tied in what we've been told by folk that's worked with him or under him and stuff, that he is very intense and... He's a hard taskmaster, and I do. We talked about this. I, I feel that that is what the the club are needing just now. But he said he's not intense on the touchline to the extent of constantly badgering the fourth official. Yeah, he said he doesn't want to bother so the fourth like official. Yeah, yeah. No. he doesn't want to bother the fourth official, but he does get intense on the. He did like he. He said he doesn't realize if there's a box for him to stand in or whatever. I the technical see, area. Yeah, yeah the technical yeah. area. I can see him being so intense. Well, I, do you not remember? Well, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, from the times that we've seen him before, longer, but yeah. yeah. He's such a nice guy to speak to, Yeah, but on the touchline, you feel he's just like this powder keg that's just waiting to go yeah. off sometimes, which... He's, he's passionate he's, about what yeah, he does. He's passionate, passionate about football. Which is great. Yeah. And I I mean, from, from I don't know how much you can say about what he told the supporters on Tuesday, but what, how did you come away from that meeting feeling, or how did other supporters come away from that meeting feeling? Yeah, I think, well, it was funny, like, there was a, f- a few of the people from RCB, it was, it was funny, because RCB, like, usually when these meetings happen, there's, like, maybe one or, like, none of them, mm. they had, like, five people <laughs> show up to the meeting, and were really excited, and they, were, they actually ex- expressed some really, uh, really great things, and asked some really great questions, but, and then there was uh, three, or f- there was four people from the south side, and we had four or five people there, um, I think most people came away felting po- feeling positive, I mean, for a few of us, there still is this, uh, for some people, there's not, but for a few of us, there still is this like uh halo of the six one that follows him around um man he talked about that so that was good to hear his perspective and yeah it, it was it, you know it was it, yeah that was really helpful and he shared some sincere th- thoughts about that and and uh you know reflections on that um and and expressed an understanding of uh of things i did oh i did out you a bit shoot i forgot to tell you this before thanks no sorry 
<laughs> he one of the things he said was he's like the, one of the first things other than meeting Pedram he really wants to meet Pedram. First uh, of all, Zach, it should be somebody's choice to go get out. It'll be you know outed. I know. So, sorry, so you, but <laughs> yeah, I know. But, well, actually, this is on social media, so it's okay. not that big of a. Oh, but um, no, no you're not. I'm, wondering. I'm wondering where this is going. No. Um, so one of the things he said, other than wanting to meet Pedram really bad, because he had a lot of um, abuse. That's called. I was going to say encounters. Uh, run-ins. <laughs> Pedram used to sit by the the, the tunnel at Swanguard, so he used to um, express his support for the Whitecaps hmm. to the opposing coaches and teams. Um, and so, he, in a positive way, he wanted to meet Pedram. He's like, "Is this guy still around?" And we're like, "Oh yeah." It was really, it was funny. Um, anyways, essentially, he needed content warnings before. Yeah. So, uh, but no, I, he's one of the things he said was he's like one of the first things I want to do is I want to get rid of that Je me souviens band. <laughs> <laughs> and then so we were like, "Oh well, that was made in Massimo was there." We're like, "Oh, it was made in this guy's basement," and the, you know, these are a few of the people who are there. And then I, I said, "Oh, you know the Scottish guy you talked to." <laughs> He was there too, and he's like, "Oh, really? oh <laughs> so I hope I haven't ruined things." Thanks, thanks, I, ha- I hope I haven't ruined things. For, for, for. <laughs> I remember painting that banner, that but no, but but most people came away, yeah. I think, feeling very positive, and I think for some people uh, in, that were in that 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 gathering, and I think the 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 support, uh, f- you know, around the city for the for the the team or whatever, uh, I think a lot of people. What I hear. From, Rightly or wrongly, it's subjective, so I don't think you can call it right or wrong. But a lot of people are just looking forward to a different approach, and so yeah. I think you're going to get that. And some whether more, whether it works out well, or, attacking or exciting football, which I know some folk are wanting. Just before we wrap this section up, since we're talking about supporters and Southsiders and stuff, just want to to do a pitch to all the Southsiders that are going to the AGM. Is it next Saturday? I think the eighth. This Saturday. Yeah. This coming. Oh, Saturday. this coming Saturday. Yeah, we'd like a favor from you. For our Christmas show that's coming up in a couple of weeks, we'd like you to record a song for us. Don't tell them what the song is. Save that. Yeah, save that. Yeah, save the, that. Yeah. Don't ruin that. Don't ruin it. I need if to you tell s- them what the song well, is. You, well, you can let them know. Privately. You can let them know. It's like Tifo. Don't tell people yeah, what it is before. Don't, 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 well, Steve spoil. and I heard you sing once already. Yeah. Don't make us don't, suffer. Don't, don't, okay, I'll get in touch with Peter. <laughs> in that case, we'll be back after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. my Cyclops? The Yummy Fur and Cyclops. At East 5, we used to have a player that had one eye. He had a glass eye and a proper eye. So his nickname was Cyclops. Oh, cool. I don't think... I think you've told us about that. You, mm. that you used to abuse I'll... your own player. Yeah. yeah. No, that was a different one. We've, oh. well, we've abused a lot of players. There, were, there was Doogie McCracken, who we thought was a donkey, so we threw carrots and hay at him. But that's a whole other story that we'll talk about at some point. You are listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. Enjoying some samosas that Steve brought along. Yeah, it's good to go in the lunchroom and have a samosa yeah. in the break. Yeah. Nice and spicy. Yeah, it's spicy, but like not overpowering. Like they're flavorful. homemade. It's homemade by your mom or your wife. Both. They both combined them together. Yeah, that's ah. a beautiful partnership. Tag like team, a, like a good strike partnership. Yeah, yeah. A good tag team. Yeah. The fun we have up here at UBC in the unceded Musqueam territory, and the fun's going to continue now 
as we're going to try and get some spice into the, the Whitecaps <laughs> roster by looking at what MLS options are available or players that are available. So we know the needs in the areas that we're having to target. We talked about that in part one. We now know a lot of the players that options have not been picked up or they're out of contract or whatever. And obviously, we don't want too many cast-offs from other clubs. But we do need to have players on the squad with MLS experience. And just because a team hasn't picked up a player's option, it doesn't mean that it's because they're a crap player. Yeah. It could be that their option's horrendously high. Like we talked about, or they want to move in a new direction. Or, like or we talk- other, an improvement lined up. Like we talked about, remember, uh, what was it, Ousted? Ousted's uh, contract that one year was like three in the $300,000 range, and then he jumped up to in the 500000 Yeah. And that's why and he was What do you make this up. year, 280000 Essentially, yeah, something something like that. But but that's that that's an example of we didn't know how much he was going to be paid next year, and that's the reason why yeah. he wasn't. Yeah, so I mean, there's lots of reasons, and for depth players, you do need guys that's got MLS experience. Mark DeSantis told us a couple of weeks ago when we spoke to him that for him having MLS experience amongst the squad is vital, and he said he's going to be very active in this window in the trade window comes up next Sunday. Hopefully stuff will get announced so we can talk about that in next week's show and they don't keep it all until the Monday, which would be a right pisser. But if you look at the options of the guys, now some of them might end up in the waiver draft, some might end up in the the re-entry draft, some might take themselves out of it altogether. You're going to have some free agents. Isn't there like a re-re-entry draft? Two couple. Rianne Wilkinson has Don't mention re-re. No, I forgot about that. We'll talk about that later. It was sad for her. Very Let's start by looking at goalkeepers. So, when we did a few weeks ago some players that would like our fantasy players. It was last week. Was it last week? No, no, it was, oh, no, a few, it was two few weeks, weeks ago. Oh, yeah, we did our when was guys. Joe last year? Two weeks ago. Yeah, he's our fantasy guy. Yeah, yeah. So, we highlighted Maxime Crepo, Montreal keeper, as a, a guy we might want to go with. Spent the season in the USL. Goalkeeper of the year. He was just named, yeah, this weekend or this week or something like that. Last a week? week or so. Okay. Now there's been lots of rumours out there linking him to us. I'm not I sure think, if we started that. I lot think of we might rumors, have started but, some of the rumours. But there's a lot of rumours linking him now to the club, and they're going to grow arms and legs because Evan Bush just signed a new three-year deal in Montreal. Yeah, which so is, it doesn't which sound is like weird. he's going anywhere. That's weird. He was their defensive MVP, ten clean sheets in the year. What's a clean? Oh, okay. <laughs> not all, ultra clean sheets. <laughs> you got ten ultra clean sheets. <laughs> There's various Ten UMO2 <laughs> So Bush isn't going anywhere. So Crepo, if he stays there, is going to have a a tough job unseating him, but he could. But also, like the Montreal picked up Crepo's option, as well as two other goalkeepers. So they've got four goalkeepers on the books. You have to think that the Caps are going to make a play for Crepo. Yeah. One of the one of the thing, uh, small thing, but uh, Brian Rowe. He's not. He's out of contract. Yeah. He wasn't an option person. He, from what I've heard, and maybe you, you've heard this as well, he is not someone they are looking at at all in any way, shape, or yeah, form. Yeah, I, I would not have thought the, so. The other thing, just I want to say about Marinovic. Jeez, I hope Brian Rose is not listening right now. Uh, well, <laughs> no, I think, Sorry, he, I think he knows that. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. The other, other thing about Marinovic, and this goes for all the guys whose options were not taken, one of the questions that was asked of MDS it, it, it was, is there a... Uh, would you be seeking out different contract options for anyone whose option you didn't take? Mm. Like you just didn't like the contract yeah. or you thought it wasn't good for that or you know you felt you wanted to be more fair to a player or whatever and he was like, no. 
So Marino, like anyone who might think, oh, maybe they get Marinovich on a different kind of deal or a new deal or whatever. Yeah, no, that's not He's happening going. for him or any of the other uh, the other people whose options were not taken. If we did make a bid for Crepo, could be a trade, could be some funny money. It had to be trade. And I would say that it's going to be a high value. No, 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 that has to be a trade. Funny money. Do you? No, that's what I mean. Fun, with, with, with the funny money. Oh. With uh, the funny uh, money. Yeah, like it'd have to be, like remember we talked about a couple weeks ago, Raheem Edwards went for 400. Yeah. Would you give I would them say Crepo would go to four to 500 as well. Huh? What? Would you give them Effie Paris? Okay, do you, no, do you no, guys? No, 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 I no, think Montreal's yeah. gonna, Montreal is not going to trade him easily to Vancouver. Okay, you guys that, are giving them No, no, okay. That's, that's, that's a legitimate perspective. Yeah. But I think that's a crazy money. Well, I don't think do it's, you, I don't think it's reasonable. But I think that's what Montreal would request. Yeah, well, maybe we can throw in some. There's lots of things I've asked some, for and I don't get. We can throw some fries the, to go the with the their cheese. No, but he, here's the thing. My question for you guys, first off, is do you think, based on this uh, USL keeper of the year, whatever, his past season's performances, whatever, that Maxime Cripo is ready to be a number one in MLS? Well, see, that's the other question I've got as well. Because... He's really young right now. Because the, he is young, but... I wouldn't want to give up too much for him for the simple reason that we don't know that he is MLS starting quality. And the way MDS was talking, and it might just be talk to make things you know, sound positive, it sounds like they're aiming kind of high. So I guess my, my first question is, do you think Maxime Kripo is at the same level of Stefan Marinovic? Because it sounds like they're aiming no. higher no, or, not, or not at least as good. Yeah, no, because he's an international goalkeeper. Right, and so exactly for, yeah. For the Kiwis, Albeit right? New Zealand, but he's still an international goalkeeper. Right. Um, so that's why I, I question Kripo as an as a number one option. No, no, no. I would not have him here as a number okay, one. Okay, you think they're going to bring him as number two? I'd have him battling it out with, with someone, else. someone proper. I, I don't mind a bat battling well, out. Well, I, just, I just don't know. If you're Maxime Kripo, do yeah. you leave here or do you stay and battle Evan Bush? Because Evan Bush... Like if you're Maxine but you've got Grubo, Bush that's just signed a new three-year deal. Yeah, and but, it's like I, but I think that's, not, a, that's not an insurmountable mountain to climb. No, you true. Know? But I, that's what I, ju I just wonder. Like I'm not saying, oh, there's no chance no, or this is not, there's very, not discussions or whatever. But If we look at some of the – I mean, the, there was a few goalkeepers up whose options weren't picked up. And I, I threw three names in there that caught my eye for various reasons. Clint Urban, TFC – 29, seven years in MLS. He's had 36 clean sheets and 128 appearances. He's on 221. So you don't want to take him at that. You definitely want him to be way lower. Well, Brian Rowe is on 135. He, he, he could be higher than 221. Oh, wait, year. his we options got to yeah, be, yeah. yeah. Brian Rowe was on th 135. Marinovic was on 162.5. Melvin's on 54.5. He's definitely back. Cripo was on 84. You have to think he's... Going to be on higher. If you could clean it and win for between 175 and 200, that would be a good deal, I think. See, I like Erwin, but a lot, when we put this out on Twitter, folk were like, no, 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 stay away from Erwin. And they don't like him. They don't think he's a good keeper. He didn't have a good year with TFC when he did play. Mm. But he was when he was playing, he had like B team defenders in front of him. Yes. You're only as good of, as the defense in front of, of you a lot of the time. There were a lot of injuries at that time, too. Um, Caleb Wilkins pointed us towards the, the analysis and all the goalkeeper stats and he's down near the bottom as are Rowan Marinovic but so is David Ousted so would you say David Ousted is a bad goalkeeper that's at the bottom of MLS goalkeepers or did he just have a bad year because he maybe didn't have a great defence in and front he, of him and he played like every game on the road <laughs> that's, so, I mean, I mean, that's another thing you've got to look at that I, I've always 
quite liked Urban. He's had good seasons before. Yeah. You just can't base everything on last season because there are... You don't keep 36 clean sheets. I mean, you're talking about one in four games, basically, he's kept a clean sheet. And he played for Colorado at the time, yeah. too, so that was a big yeah. accomplishment. I'll let you I'll let you read your, your, your options, and then I'll, I'll give feedback on all three of the same well, time. Well, yeah. I mean, the other two, the, the, there was other ones, but the two that kind of thought... Now, I'm not talking about a starter. I'm talking about a backup or someone that or would challenge, challenge somebody that, we, that we've got in as a starter. Andrew Dykstra, just because he's experienced, and he's also cheaper at Urban at 108. He's not been great, I know. Maybe nine seasons in the league, 36 appearances only, eight clean sheets. He's from Honolulu. We are going back there, so it might be a way to tempt him into the preseason camp anyway. Joe Bendick from Orlando, who I've never been a huge fan of, but he is experienced again. Seven years in the league. Portland, TFC, just sign him from our rivals, why yeah. not? No, I Three don't, with Orlando. I don't well. 22 clean sheets from 170 appearances. Never played a playoff game, though. <laughs> is that because he's never been able to get them to the the playoffs because he's not a difference maker? So that that was the only three from these guys that, yeah, that jumped out. I only like Clint Irwin. Would you touch that, any of them? As, as an option. I was going to say, this is good, bad, and ugly. Uh, I, I think it's a good shout. It's a good Dead discussion. Which one's ugly between Bendik and it, It's a good discussion to have about, I think, Clint Irwin. Like, he's at least someone legitimate to discuss. Like, he's a yeah. le- legitimate option either as a, a, a number one, a battling number one, number two, whatever. Uh, I would say Andrew Dykstra is a bad option. And yeah, no, I, no one liked him at yeah. all. And Joel, Joel Bendik is, is the ugly option. Like, he, uh, yeah, I just don't rate him at all. It, it, you know, you, when you watch his big errors, his big mistakes, it's like it's nightmarish, and I don't think that that's an avenue they should pursue. Yeah, I mean, l- most folk didn't want us to touch any of those three goalkeepers. Glass City did a tweet where he was throwing up at the thought, and I, I can I can see that. But I I think if we had a good starter, and Irwin was happy to come here as a backup, he's a he's a solid guy to have as a backup. So there's that. Obviously, centre-back is where we've got the big hole because we may only have Daniel Henry. We've never been capable, it would appear, of producing quality centre-backs in a residency that go on to make the grade. Yeah, you. I mean, there was great hope for Daniel, but he yeah. he did everything he could to get out of his MLS yeah. rights. Well, I mean, maybe he would want to come back now. Actually, talking of just going back to goalkeepers, Simon Thomas was a name that popped into my head. Would he want to come back? Uh, I don't Only think that's a starter. Yeah, I don't think this is the time. I think he's. I haven't looked at his starts and stuff this season, but I know last season, like he really helped his team, and things were going well for him in Norway. So I don't. I don't think he would want to. But mm-hmm. you know, you know, I like. I don't think he would want to in terms of like. Oh, it would be nice to go back and play close to my family on the island. So. Looking at some centre-backs, and there was quite a few that came up. Now, there was one guy who we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Kofi Apara from DC, the Ghanaian. He's 28. Also has Canadian roots as well. Yes. Six seasons in the league, 79 appearances, and goals and assists from a defender, like especially a centre-back's kind of silly to look at, but four goals and one assist. He's on 133,000, give or take, a little bit just now. I'd rather have his teammate, I think, though, Kevin Ellis, who's 27, eight seasons in the league, most of them with KC, 92 appearances. He he did just go to DC from Chicago, so I'm thinking he's on a high option because he was only on 158. 
If if it was round about that, I'd snap him up. Uh, if you don't want Aaron Mond here as a center back, I don't think you can want uh, I Kevin think Ellis. Ellis is the only than good thing Mond about El- the only good thing about Ellis there is seven of uh, there's seven goals. I think four of them have been against Vancouver. Like he scored, he scored like three or four goals yeah. against Vancouver. And nine assists. Yeah, no but I, I, don't, uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think Ellis. I, would be I don't. A good know, option. I honestly don't know much about Ellis. Opa- Opare maybe. Is he athletic? Is he can he run or is he? A you don't remember him? Prodding. I don't remember. Well, see, Kansas. Okay. He always scored for Kansas City. Nah, I can't recall him. He's that, not somebody is, that stood out to me at all. It's the thing with these centre backs because we think we know how Marta Santos is going to want to play, and from what he told us, he's wanting. Like the centre backs up near the halfway line when we're pushing, so you need some quick guys that that can get back as well, and a lot of these guys maybe not so much. Leonardo, no, we don't, from Houston, not, no, no, you don't like that at all. No, when he was at the Galaxy, he's Brazilian. He, he was so he was so <laughs> slow. That's like, the slow thing because talking about needing a fast centre back, he's the no. guy that's that's not yeah, that. I'm not a big fan of your no. next choice either. You're not. No, you're you not. Like, this one I could see. Actually, I, see, I quite like this. Nick Haglund. I, I wouldn't say KFC. I like it, but I well, can from, see it from the list. He's 28. He's had five years in the league, all with Toronto. He, he he's been part of a winning defense. He's got playoff experience. Yeah, he's not a great producer and six goals and five assists, but for a centre back, it's still not too bad. And he some of those goals have been huge. I know, but I just remember his tackling's not great. I just remember him, uh, this last season when they, I think they were playing Vancouver, yeah. and he just stood there and watched the ball go right by him. Yeah. It didn't move or didn't just got yeah. frozen there. You're right. That, he, yeah. he is good at the air, and he's a good blocker. I don't know that the, again. The speed. Is another thing that would fit in. He's only on 135. And his option was not taken. His option was not taken either. Yeah. It could just be... See, when a, when a team's not made the playoffs, TFC and ourselves, and you've given up a lot of goals, TFC and ourselves, you make your changes in defence. We've done it. TFC's done it. They've let, let the likes of Ashton Morgan go and stuff as well. But another guy, last centre-back we'll look at on this list, Amer Didich who I don't think we would even need to take in the re-entry draft because I don't think he would get picked up. He's a guy that I'd be happy, have a punt, bring him into the pre-season camp, have a look at him. He's Canadian. He'll soon be 24. He's on just under 56,000, which is just above the, the league minimum. Hasn't played an MLS minute, but did so well in the USL. He's, he's, some of his, his ball playing, ball at his feet is fantastic. He's agile. I, I like for a four, fourth, fifth centre back. Oh, for sure. I oh, have a yeah. look at I him. Take it, third, yeah. third, fourth, yeah. fifth. Bring yeah. him into preseason camp. No harm there. And at if all. they're going to play three at the back, they're going to need like maybe six on the roster then yeah. at that point because you want you want to be yeah. able to rotate because we have a tendency to have injured centre backs. I think yes. Ke- I think Kevin Ellis has played some right back too, if I'm not mistaken. I think he has it, as well. If he's played right back, then he'd probably be a good fit because you want that guy that can play a right back as a centre back wait, in wait, a three and man back. Wait, there's Daniel Henry. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, let's never see him. <laughs> no, I don't want him to play. I, I, I don't want. I, I really like. I don't want him. Ellis I to. Wasn't finished my sentence. I don't want to play Ellis. I don't want Ellis to play right back, but I want that somebody that can play right back to play that right center back if they're playing three. Well, the, the only two right backs I kind of identified from who's available in the options is Nick De Leon, who I know a f- lot of folk 
have mixed opinions on. A couple of years ago, I would definitely have snagged him up. And I don't think they would have let him go either. He's at 275 as well. We'd not touch him anywhere near that. Yeah, because of the injuries. But that's why they didn't. 16 goals and 18 assists. He's like. But he hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't about been about he's wanting right backs that produce. But Deleon's not a natural right back. He's played a lot of midfield. Oh, yeah, he's a midfielder too, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, he yeah. can. He could be I an Effie Juarez who could be a midfielder or right back. I think the I think his, his injury kind of concerns have put him back as a right back so. because they don't want him to. Are his best days behind him? For those not, not, in, his, those not in studio, you might not have picked on, on Michael sarcasm there. I was kidding. Yeah, yes. okay. Eric Miller from Minnesota is another guy that jumps out, but Minnesota are renegotiating his contract right now. Who knows, though? I mean, he's only on 106. He was drafted. He only arrived yeah, in drafted Minnesota in May as well. That's, that's the thing, yeah. So, I mean, he's drafted in Montreal. Knows Canada. <laughs> knows people that speak French. Does he know Bob? Maybe. So, I, mean, I didn't mean that, Bob. <laughs> th- th- that's a couple of options, anyway. So, I mean, well, we're going to look at some midfielders and forwards next week. Obviously, the re-entry draft and the wave draft not something that oh. lots of folk have a lot of great success One with. One guy that you didn't have on your list as a fullback that I noticed, I don't know if he's if his option wasn't picked up or is his contract's over or he's a, he was on loan and he's going back, Saad Abdul Salam. Yeah. He, his option, I don't think his option was picked up. I looked up. at him. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. He, I, I, think I, think I think they're renegotiating with yeah, him. Yeah, well, that, was, that's I the case. I think he was on really high, though. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I ruled off folk that were on obscene amounts of money, but sh- quite no, a lot of them are. No, he's at 120. Is this he? last season, he was at 120. I don't know what his option year was. I've looked at so many figures today, it's very confusing. No, I'm almost sure he was 120. But that's fine. We'll check yeah. it up. We'll, um, so, I mean, that's some guys. You can let us know your thoughts on that, and we'll chat about that next week. Of course, we talked about one guy whose option wasn't picked up. He won't be back... It's Stefan Marinovic, so I'm not going to get to go for fish and chips with him. It's fish and chips, chips and fish. My, oh my, what a wonderful dish. Put some salt and vinegar on, and you'll be licking your lips. So if you're having fish and chips, Stefan, yeah. um, do you have it with salt, salt and vinegar, or salt and sauce of some kind? Probably uh, salt and um, what's the sauce? Tartar Tartar, sauce? Tartar, yeah. Tartar sauce, yeah. And have you got a favourite fish choice that you have? Or you just take whatever. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll take take the freshest fish what's on offer. So if I'm running to the ocean, I want fresh caught fish. So usually <laughs> usually in New Zealand that would be uh, that would be snapper. Ah, yeah, cool. that's great. How much is the fish? How much is the fish? How much is the chips? Does the fish have chips? I am going to miss Stefan for those fun chats we had with him. He was a good laugh. Was your favorite? Anyone that, your favorite? He he was definitely one of my favorites to, to talk to my, for these fun segments. My, my After f- Jordan Harvey left, he was my go-to guy. My favorite part was uh, this year was him almost punching out Corey Basso because of that April Fool's oh. joke. Yeah, Stephen. Actually, if we talk about we talked about Jordan Harvey leaving, Jordan Harvey's option wasn't picked up. Get him back here, player coach. Yeah, that's not happening. Oh, well, just a thought. Let's turn our attention, though, to some action on the pitch in MLS. And it was the, the semi-finals or the conference finals, depending how you want to look at it. The MLS Cup finals all set, though. And it's the Lumberjacks going head-to-head with the, everyone's favourite love interest in MLS, Atlanta. 
Pro- is it not a big love fest for Atlanta? Well, MLS loves them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I'm I'm the only positive that came out of this weekend is I don't have to. I don't really care about the final now because yeah. I don't have a really. I would record and fast forward through. Yeah, thirty second bumps. Atlanta had pretty much done the job in the first leg. They finished it off in New Jersey. Wasn't a fantastic match. You kind of expected it not to be. Red Bulls got another goal, rightly, ruled off for a foul on the keeper. Yep. Timmy Parker got a left foot. goal. <laughs> Flick it with his I, left foot. I th- honestly think I could have scored from that. It would have been hard to miss. I don't know. I've seen you in those. That could be. Games. That could get him that contract in Europe. I've never yeah, scored yeah. in New Jersey right enough, but we'll see. There was, was a lot to write home about, so let's kind of move on. All the drama was saved for the Western Conference final. Wait, it was yeah. great that Dead Bull died. That's yes, the greatest. I thought he'd be happy. Yeah. They haven't announced their options yet either, so KC did the day after. <laughs> but, yeah, the drama was safe for the Western Conference final. It was a fantastic match. I really enjoyed it. KC, dominant in the first half and really should have put the game oh, to bed. Yeah. Daniel Saloy gave them the lead in the 20th minute after my Johnny did dogged work. Then Diego Rubio played the ball in for, for well, the goal. Johnny did well, but the defending was not great. Yes. Then two oh, goals called that's back. A, that seems to be a common theme when we're talking about MLS. He doesn't like Johnny. <laughs> no, actually, I no, don't I'm, I'm talking about. I'm, he, talk, I'm talking I, about the defending in MLS. He's a great MLS player. Did, did, did Mark say we're getting Johnny? No, oh, I oh. did not. No one asked did, that. I'm, ta- I'm talking about the MLS defending. That seems to be a common theme. Yes. It's not very good. No, it's not. No. That's well, why, why, Stefan Marinovic. Maybe why we don't want to take a lot of options in from, yeah. from that, although we do need some centre-backs badly. Not bad centre-backs. <laughs> Casey did get two goals called back, again, rightly. So, I the, hate to say rightly, but they were rightly. The Alparo, the one, was the very clear one. That, yeah. 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 It looked like KC were comfortable at halftime. I thought, oh, they've got this done, nothing to worry about. But when you've got away goals and you've got a one-goal lead... Yeah, it's not enough. Maybe it's safe. Well, it, it's safe unless you're playing the Whitecaps in Seattle, as an example. Well, the, so the equal the equalizer was this was this a sublime strike. It was beautiful, but it was a moment. One of the goals of the season, but it was a moment where you saw in when you play kind of they play sort of like that four three three right Kansas City. Yeah, in that midfield, you cannot shut off for a moment. No, because the ball's yeah. played out almost to the touchline to Blanco. He cuts inside, takes on Espinoza, who's like their probably their hardest man right in the middle. Gets by him, and the other midfielders do not shift over. And he has all this time yeah. and space just to have a go. Like, it was a great strike. Oh, don't get me wrong. Absolutely wonderful but, strike, but yeah. But you cannot switch off, off like that. You can't that. let a player have a shot like no. that. And, and Valeri did what difference makers do. And prior to that, get uh, braces? prior to that, Sporting had held uh, Portland scoreless Scores the whole for season. 321 yeah. straight minutes. Oh. And then gave up two goals in nine minutes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They talked about that lots on the break. Yeah, because Valeri, he's class. It's like you you want to hate him because he plays for a rival, but he's he's class. So as much as he will get credit for the the two goals he scored, again that second goal was created by Blanco, Blanco yeah. and um, oh uh, Ebobise, his run, his perfectly timed run with a nice lifted ball by Blanco over the top. He doesn't quite get it. The Emilia gets a hand to it, and yeah, Diego is making a great late run. And but heads then it before in. Valeri's second, there was the possible game change and decision. Zarek Valentin. Oh, that should have been a should have been yellow. sent off for a second yellow. Yeah. They, but then Portland would just have put everyone behind the ball. Yeah. So Casey then have to break that down, still needing two goals to VAR. Can they not help with that? 
Oh, no, because it's a yellow no, card. No, it's, it's not when it's not when it's, it's, it's yellow. So they yellow. can't write. Right. Okay, I was, I was wondering about. I know. That. Now, uh, if if it was inside the box, then they could have issued yeah. that second yellow because right. they yeah. would have seen it. Because but they couldn't review it based on the yellow yeah, outside yeah. the box. Now, Gerso Fernandez came on as a uh, on a, as a sub. Yeah, really made a difference. Yep. Scored the goal to equalize the game, he, but not obviously. He had a strange stash. Yeah, he well, had a November thing going on. Well, it still was November. Mm. It was. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but and he, I think he had almost had a chance to get get them ahead too, but yeah. he couldn't. He couldn't put it away. But when they put up nine minutes of stoppage time, I thought they're going to do it. They're well, going to do it. Well, that was because of the the player, uh, the, the fans, not in the end zone like Peter Vermeer's thought. Yes. The fans on the side threw beer yeah. cans at uh, at Valeri after his, his and first. Come goal. on, let's be honest. Who has not wanted to throw some some beer cans at some Portland players over the years? Wait, or rocks. Wait, or so you were getting all mad about what happened in South America, and now you're saying throw some stuff at. Uh, this is Portland. No, right. he's saying he who wouldn't want to. He didn't, didn't say, say do I it. I didn't say I oh, would. Okay. I'm not condoning I, it. I thought you were condoning more no, things. No, no, no. As opposed to Steve and I. I'll plead the fifth on that. Is that, what, is that what you guys say in the US of A? Well, that's what they say in the US of A. <laughs> is that not where we are? I don't know. I get confused. But yeah, they, they couldn't do it. Casey were pressing. There was a quick breakaway. Chara slipped the ball inside to Valeri. Ran in. Put the tight to bed. Espinosa, though. He was caught in two minds as to whether to go and tackle deep in the timbers half or leave it. And it just let the whole move get get set up. The, so disappointing for Johnny, I felt. I was heartbroken yeah. for him. The pass from Chara on that outside of his boot. He was facing away from the... He was facing away from the field, and I think the teammates were yelling at him. So he quickly just turned it outside of his right foot, and then Valeri's little move to score was nice. So who you got for the final? I, I think, want Atlanta, well, I, I, but I think Portland can do it. You want Atlanta? Yo, I think between Atlanta and Portland, yeah. Uh, well, I do not like Atlanta, and so but I think Atlanta's our odds-on favorite, not just for hosting and what they, but also what they've done this year. Mm. But I, w- I would be okay. I think with Cascadia reclaiming. Oh. My conspiracy theory is that they wanted Portland in that final because they felt like Sporting could beat Atlanta, but Portland couldn't. But don't you can't sleep on this Portland. And that's game. why they had Mike like Geiger in charge of that game. Yeah, <laughs> Mark Geiger. Mark Geiger. Whatever. They, 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 I mean, they could go get hammered five nil. Yeah, but I, I, they could I also think win, Portland's two, gonna win two one. Or but whatever. I want Atlanta to win. Oh, okay. And KC just need to blow their roster up now. Get rid of folk like Johnny Russell and Icopara. <laughs> send them to Vancouver. We're sorted. Yeah, they need some time. Definitely. Anyway, we'll be back with some more chat, Whitecaps chat this time, after this. Hi guys, this is Felipe. Thanks for listening, AFTN. They're a fish cake, I'm a great white They're too wee for me to just take bites They're a hatchling, I'm a pterodactyl Sat in their nest when they're watching me take flight I was lost, but I'm back and I came what I'm on Taking it back to the place that I had that I'm paving the way when I rap it on songs They said I lost my way, I think I lost my way Too many thoughts up in my brain, I couldn't talk it straight They said I lost my way, I think I lost my way Too many thoughts up in my brain, I really lost my way They said I lost my way, I think I lost my way Too many thoughts up in my brain, I couldn't talk it straight They said I lost my way, I think I lost my way too many thoughts up in my brain, I really lost my way Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM Mad Hat McGore there, with Lost My Way from his new album The Lost Sword Recommend everyone goes to Bandcamp and downloads that It's pay what you want, 
so you can get it for nothing if you want. Chuck him a little bit of cash. It's, it's a very dark album, though, I will say that. It talks about the death of his young daughter and his depression and alcoholism and uh, suicidal thoughts. And Go Good check time. out Mad Good Hat times. Gore. Yeah. <laughs> but Mad Hat there talking about losing his way. Whitecaps kind of lost their way a little bit at the start of this season. And we're going to kind of continue our year in review with a look at March and April. The Ides of March by Wrathchild, leading us in to March. And March started good. March was March and April were strange times in Whitecaps land because March got off to such a great start and then April was a complete balls up where things were coming off the rails and yeah. that's how I feel the Whitecaps were losing their way. It raised a lot of questions about the team. Was this the, the first warning signs in those two months that, that things just weren't right? Or is hindsight just a great thing? We're, we're reading too much into it now. Well, there were a lot of um, acquisitions that were late in the off season, So they really were still trying to get everybody together. And some injuries. But, yeah. But okay, but that's in the MLS era for Vancouver. That is that's not abnormal. Normal. Yeah. I mean, it's not as bad as TFC used to do with their yeah. with their acquisitions in the early their early days, their early years in, M- in MLS. But that, I don't... I, I don't know that you can blame that. Plus, you, that is also a result of their approach to squad building and spending on things like transfer fees. When you're not going to yeah. spend any money on a transfer fee, then you're going to have to wait till players exhaust all their options before they'll come for free or, or be yeah. out of contract or have no other options yeah, where they can take, make more take money. A low deal. Or, when yeah. you're shopping at the bottom of the barrel, you've got to wait for everyone to empty the barrel till it's at the bottom. Yeah. It's like... If you're wanting players from Europe, they want to stay in <clears throat> Europe, so you have to wait till the European transfer windows are over before yeah, you before can you maybe can make a move. Grab so yeah. if people think that 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 was a that's a problem, yeah. then then get used to it. No, well, no, that's that's that's, that's solely MLS. on the ownership yeah. and, and the and the, the football. Unless, yeah, unless you're going to splash the cash, that's how it's going to be. Not even splash the cash, but if you're not, they're literally not willing to spend any money on transfers. Yeah, yeah. Well, that might change. Well, you you would think it would based on what we would hope. Yes. Well, getting back to March itself. Well, yes. I know you're saying we lost our way, but it started out decently yeah. with a two-one win over Montreal. Yeah. Marco Santos is this Montreal, old Montreal team. Old. Old team. Forward team. We won't go through all the games one by one, but we've got to go through that Montreal game. Two-one win to get the season off to a great start. It was the first time in a competitive game we got to see the great relationship on the pitch between Kai Kamara and Alfonso Davies. The Wakanda connection. Kamara grabbed the first goal. His first goal is a white cap, assisted by Davies. Nice cross to Then Fonzie gets his first ever MLS goal, just as I went for a piss. <laughs> so I think I brought that that on. I did get to see it in the TV screen, so that was that's, good. That's the one where he like shot it at the keeper, and it was so hard it went. It, it was a <laughs> not a great fortunate shot. finish. I mean, it should have been a goal based on the build up and yes. the, whole, the, the amount of net he it had was, to shoot. It wasn't out, the greatest finish. Yeah. And I started passing the rest of the season. I started passing Michael Water. Yeah, so he would, that's, go that's, the, he would go to the washer more often. I think that's how Fonzie had such a good season. Yeah. Eight goals and eleven assists. He finished it with. What do you think it was though that finally sparked that production from him into results on the pitch? Because that was his first MLS goal, and yeah. he'd had plenty of opportunities. What 
brought out the best of Fonzie this year. Maybe like a releasing of the reins. Maybe he was like given more freedom to uh, explore the pitch more. Obviously, him know, also knowing he's turning 18 soon, he's got to show what he can do mm-hmm. on the pitch because if he wants to make a move to Europe, it's it's got to be this season, right? Um, he, you'd think if the pressure was building on him, yeah, he would go more into a shell, but instead he exploded out yeah. of that shell. I, th- I think it's more the freedom part. He was given more... He, 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 uh, and rightly or wrongly, I think Robbo did kind of keep him under reins because you don't want to... Uh, you don't want to expose him too much to everybody and then all of a sudden the pressure becomes too strong. Maybe it was the right time to release him too at that point. Zach, your thoughts? What? Yeah. Okay, great analysis there. <laughs> That's why we've got Zach on this show. But Kamara was a great addition. First proper striker, I'd say, since Kenny Miller was here in Ooh. terms of being an actual striker. Freddie Montero? Oh, I forgot about him. <laughs> I genuinely did. That's why we have you here for the great analysis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well done. <laughs> Kamari got three goals in his first month. The Montreal game, though, it kind of threw up the, maybe the first signs that Vancouver's <laughs> defence was a little bit... Yeah, makes you want to throw up over the course of the season. 81st minute goal for Montreal suddenly brought them back into the game and it's squeaky bump time. I mean, it, it definitely was signs of things to come defensively for us. Especially late goals. March's five yes, games. Late, goal, late goals. Late, that late was goals were a killer this year. It, whether it's the first half or the second half. Yeah. March's five matches produced three wins, one draw, and one defeat. That defeat was to MLS Cup finalist Atlanta. And that was because the Kendall Waston red card, that shouldn't have been a red card, that was rescinded afterwards as well. And Joseph Martinez getting one of his many hat tricks. Yeah. We kick-started Martinez's season. That's what I like to think. Thank you, MLS. We'll take the credit. And then, our designated player, Breck Shea, was in some amazing form in March. Two goals, and then he got a third to kick off April. Nice little celebration in Columbus as well, where he was pointing to his, his Texas tattoo and pointing at Austin. I, that's still my celebration of the year. I find that hilarious. I would admit, if Shea had kept up that form and production, I was fine with him being back, and I, I had him as a, a yeah, you know, he's, he's a good DP. No, not agree. No, if he was getting I, I, two goals a month, I don't think you would have been able to maintain it next year. I think you were you you were better off uh, trading him to somebody who thought he could keep it up. Yeah, the Wildcats front office were like, oh, "Come on, keep this up. We can get him traded in the the next window." Didn't happen though, sadly. It all kind of went to shit though in April after that. We definitely lost our way. Three straight losses. RSL, LAFC, KC. The, the disaster of KC. Yeah. And then we finished the month though with a 2-0 win over RSL. So yeah. we, we finished the month good. But the KC game. Absolute that's, dig- disgrace that's where, on so many levels. That's where you saw the signs that there was yeah. an issue with discipline on the team. Even though the year before it was so well... Like they had turned it around and you didn't expect it and it just fell apart. <clears throat> the one thing about... The one thing about it that the the discipline or whatever, like I I don't I'm not saying this to justify his actions or whatever, but and you can correct my memory because I'm getting old. I mean, not as old as you, Michael, but I'm getting old. True. Thanks. Uh, the, you missed my birthday. Uh, didn't, weeks, wasn't Wa- okay. wasn't Wars is <laughs> wasn't is sending off like him, uh, kind of rushing to Jordy's defense. Yes. Right. It was it was handbags. It was yeah. just. It was just stupid because he is an experienced player, but he's hot-blooded and hot-tempered, as we maybe saw later on in the year. 
So I don't think that his teammates would appreciate the sending off, but I think in one sense there's an appreciation of like sticking up for one of yeah. your fellow teammates. But before the sending offs, we were three 0 down. Oh. Johnny Russell had dropped us a new one. The, yeah, the game was the game. That's the thing. The game was lost by yeah. then. Like it, it, it was disgraceful. Didn't, didn't, didn't Marinovic also make stop a PK in that he game? He did. Yeah. KC uh, yeah, finished that match with 80% possession, 34 shots to our five. Was that the worst ever Whitecaps performance in the MLS era? Surely it takes some beating. I can't think of another game, even in the first year. No, there were some that was fours. As horrendous as there were that. some four nils. I mean, not even just looking at giving up six goals, just the overall performance. lack of discipline and just defensive ridiculousness and just everything about the whole performance. Yeah, I, I don't th- I don't think that can be beaten. That I can, I mean, there's big games they lost that you would hope for better, but yeah. it's just in terms of like a, not a big game, like just a, you know, not a, it's not a it's not a huge rivalry, right? Like it's, yeah, I can't think of one that was that was that bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, the first year they lost like four 0 to DC, four 0 to LA, right? I think. Yeah. How about that four one game in Seattle? Oh no, we won that. That one. was a win. That was a win. That, that was, was okay. that was good. Let's think, let's talk some positive. <laughs> When it was April, we talked uh, that things clearly weren't going right. We even discussed the management and should there be a change? Well, again, to be fair, if you go back and listen to episodes of previous seasons, April is usually the time where you say this squad is not good enough. Yep. Except for one year. One year. I don't know. Was this year or last? Well, it couldn't have been this year. I think it was last year. I think last year was the year where you're like, I think they can do this. Yeah. I think, which was interesting. Yeah, we still should. I, I still remember how surprised I was to hear you say that. So, well, so like right on schedule this year in April, you're like, this is not good enough. And was I right? Was I right? Well, I think the results of well, you had a fifty-fifty chance of being right or wrong. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> we did say though when we had that chat that Robo was still the best person to have the reins because of what he had to work with. We didn't see anyone else able to come in at that point and, and take over. And I still think it was the right decision. Yeah. It would have been too early to get rid of him then. I do think June maybe was a time that you could have got rid of him June, July, but he always just seemed to do enough to just hang on. And then it got to the difficult situation of at what point... Well, I think June, July is when they already began to to prepare for yeah. DeSantis, right? Like, yeah. So, they but they I don't think were willing to part with <laughs> part with the funds yeah. that it would have taken to do it at that time. Maybe now hindsight and all that, but if we had made an early change, could it have saved the season? When you look at where we finished, just a couple of points back. Not if they didn't make any more personnel changes. They needed to make personnel changes. I don't think the coaching change would have made that much of a difference. Although, the, like, like Dalrymple, when he was in, I don't know how much he did in the coaching aspect, but uh, the, just the change did kind of make a difference in some of the games. It's hard but, to say because you don't know what a new coach would have done. Yeah. Could he have brought new players in the summer, for I, example? Yeah, I think if it was earlier in the year, I don't think it would have been Dalrymple. I think they would have found somebody. Yeah, they in, definitely uh, would have. With more experience as a coach, yeah. And it's always easy to look back and go, he could have done this, couldn't have done that. But, I mean, Robo did well with what he had over the years. It's just April well, uh, was oh, just uh, such a bad month. You know, I think, I think Robo always got more than what, uh, he got more out of what he what he had to, to to work with. Yeah, but ultimately he built this team, and I still say the players let him down. 
And like once they cross the line, the pitch there's only so much a, court, a coach can do. And when you've got like Reina and Juarez getting stupidly sent off, and defenders that seem to have forgotten how to defend, and yeah. I mean, there's not a lot a coach can do. So you, the players have to take ownership. No, one hundred percent. You can tell the what, what kind of players you have when uh, uh, it gets to a game where it's three one. And you're being played off the pitch, and your reaction to that: Are you going to keep playing, or are you just going to give up? Are you going to get? Uh, are you going to lose it with the competition? Are you going to get egged on by them, and are you going to fall into their trap where they get you get sent off? Yeah. I think that had a lot to do with what the the type of players you had. I don't know about egged on, but certainly shot on in April, especially in KC. Well, no, I'm talking about in the KC game itself. Like Johnny Russell yeah. was getting under their nerves. Oh yeah, and oh, we, yeah. we, we talked about but that's we, partly what he does. Yeah. We interviewed him before the match and. That should have been all they needed to know how dangerous he was. If I like a player, he's going to cause damage. But at least a month ended with a high. It was a win over at RSL. And one of the best sending off. Playoff contenders, RSL. Yeah. yeah, best sending off ever. Does it Does it beat Eric Castley? No, Eric Castley's is still the best white cap sending off ever. Sorry, which one? Are you thinking Teixeira. Teixeira. Oh, no, you can't compare. You can't compare those two. Both involved jerseys getting taken no, off. Oh, sorry. You, you can kind of compare. Sorry, you, sorry, yes, you can in that sense. But like Eric's was so epic. And er- yes. Eric's was planned. Eric was like, I'm going to skirt the rule. I mean, even though he'd been booked for this yeah. in Europe, he's like, yeah. I'm going to try and skirt the rules. Who cares that I have a yellow card? And they still got a draw in that game, right? Yeah. 1-1 against uh, yeah. Was New England. It was 2-2? Oh, whatever. Doesn't make a difference. But Gersh got sent off. In the game yeah, that was, we were down two men at that time. <laughs> but looking Baltimore at. Oh, Toledo. yes, so we were. Yeah. Looking at this season then, was Teixeira sending off the stupidest thing of the season? If we're giving our AFT award, AFTN award for stupidest thing of the season. You have to say stupidest because. I know you're going to say Juarez. Yeah, no, Juarez pushing a referee. I know, but this, the thing is that Teixeira one is he knew he had a yellow and he still took his shirt off. True, whereas and if then, he just wow. had a rush of blood to his And the thing is, head. immediately all the players knew he was getting sent off because they all tried to uh, surround yeah, him. Yeah, they grabbed his shirt and put it, yeah. Tried yeah. to spread his shirt back on. The, uh, and, then when they saw, and then when they saw the number on the front, the referee obviously realized the, that it was on the The other thing that's similar with, the, with Eric Astley is they were both penalties. And mm. that's where you should, as Teixeira, it's not like he just scored in the moment yeah. and had no time to think. Yeah. It's yeah. like he's lining up. He's lining up, and he he had words with Ramondo at that uh, just before yeah. the yes, penalty, he did. So it was and, like, he, but and he was heated. It with was that. Like, oh, but to answer your question, Steve, no, the thing that impacted the season most was Greg Anderson's <laughs> misunderstanding <laughs> of Breck Shea's contract. We're talking about sending off. Oh, so you said no. You said the biggest foolish mistake. That. No, well, no stupidest uh, okay. sending off. No. St- okay, no, sure. I just said stupidest thing. To be fair, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, okay. That RSL game, though, also Anthony Blondell got his only goal of the year. Did he the score? Did I remember he, the It was tapping. from close range, and he celebrated like it was like a... It was a Rivero... Like it was a Blanco one. It was <laughs> like a great weight off of his shoulders. It was. It was a like it was, it was like, like a bird set free. Yeah. What can we expect from Blondell? He's still here. He's training. Yeah. Maybe he just doesn't want to go back to Venezuela. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think there's a chance that Mark DeSantos uh, will be able to... Um, use him. I think there's a chance. Because <laughs> we don't have any other strikers. No, right no, not because of that. I think in his system, and I think hopefully, I, I think 2018 was uh, a, a season of learning for for the young man. I w- I'm not going to call him the boy. Like, <laughs> the, I think, I, for the, yeah, I think it was a, a, a year of learning. And so I hope that he learned a lot. 
Well, and I new, hope new that country. he can move move forward. Yeah, for, for me, the perfect, the perfect. You, you know, he had the description of it celebrating. For me, uh, put in a movie sense, it was like in Shawshank Redemption when that Tim Robbins character um, got, became free, and basically, I think that was the moment that I saw when he celebrated. Yeah, I, I, when you've moved to a new country, yeah, and you're trying to to just learn the language and find your feet and just know what's what you can and can't do in the yeah. country. Uh, I mean, it's all. It was tough for him. I, I he's he's shown he can score in Venezuela. Can he score in Canada? He can. He did. He did once. Can he score consistently in Canada? That's the question. Couple of homegrown signings as well. Sean Melvin, Simon Collin was signed in the month of April, yep. Mar- March and April, or were they uh, spread um, out over the months? I think they were both April. Oh, okay, yeah, because Melvin was initially loaned to Fresno. Did he get any yeah. starts? <laughs> no, didn't get any minutes at all. <laughs> Did anyone get a start in Fresno? <laughs> they, they didn't Ver- get a start here they, or Fresno. They lugged Verhoeven there. Yeah, no, but they're, they're not bringing anyone back no. because I don't think Fresno is our affiliate next year. No. But that's for another time. Who is though? Because they have to have one. Are they le- le- well, le- well, no. apparently some clubs this year didn't. What? Yeah. <laughs> did that get, could, did could, that get taken off the napkin? But could they argue that a CPL team would be their affiliate? That's what I'm thinking. Oh, we'll see. If they call Pacific their affiliate, that's going to be really oh, sad. I hope so. That's going to be disgraceful for the CPL. But Simon Coline, he also signed his homegrown deal in April. Got to take part in that 100 versus 2 match with Eric Hurtado. Oh, that was fun. There was, yeah, a, was, there was a moment, uh, I forget which game, it might have been the last game, where at the halftime, him and Hurtado came out again and there was kids on the pitch doing something. I thought, again? <laughs> and then they just warmed up yeah. together and got ready. I was like, oh, phew. Now, Coline's obviously the new young gun on the, the Caps roster. We saw a few minutes from him at the end of the season. The symbolism of passing the baton from Fonzie to him. I'm thinking 15 million in a couple of years. Oh my! Oh, Come calm no. down. Everyone needs to calm down. 12 million. Okay, 12. I'll, I'll he reminds you know what this, the situation, not the player or the skill or whatever. Yeah. It reminds me. What's his name? Was it Alex Simonitz? Uh a young young residency name. guy. Yeah. This is in the USL era. He's a little left footed guy. Yeah. Really really good. Too much was like I think. Placed oh, on him on all these guys. It, it, well, now that Alfonso, that's why I'm just kidding about that yeah. 15 yeah. million. Well, well, what, are, be, what are your expectations a, of him for next year? I see him being a guy that can uh, come in and whenever, like, I think they should start him when there's like a 10 experienced players on the pitch, like they, like yeah. he was brought on there. So you see him definitely being part of the first uh, team mix be. as opposed to a loner. He should be like, like, kind of uh, hope so. put in here and there, I maybe on road will. trips or something. They put him in the, in the on the bench or something like that if they're not going to bring on all the experienced players and they want to rest somebody. Yeah. I, I think he'll be slowly brought on, but not as slowly as possibly Robo brought Fonzie on. Yeah. We can't put too much pressure on him. He, I just hope folk do not refer to him as the, the next Fonzie or the new Fonzie next year because yeah. it, it's just going to be terrible pressure on the kid. So that was March and April. Not the happiest time. Well, March was, but then April wasn't. Next week, though, we'll have a look at some season-defining months of May, June and July. But we'll be back with some chat about the Canadian men's national team after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Football's coming home. England's winning the World Cup? (laughs) Never. Not in my lifetime, hopefully. The Canadian men are returning to Canada's soccer city. For the first time in two and a half years, 
Vancouver is going to host a men's national team game. Yeah. The final Nations League qualifier against French Guiana. It's going to be at BC Place on Sunday, March 24th. 2pm kickoff. Now, with all Is that the f- kickoff time for sure, 2pm? Well, it's MLS. It's, well, it's not oh, MLS. So they changed so the date? Like, because they, they were actually... Yeah, they changed scheduled the date. It was supposed yeah. to be Tuesday. They were scheduled to be the last game of the of the round. Yeah. So, so I guess they changed... 2pm two, yeah. 2 kickoff is set because they made a big thing about this afternoon you're going to get a big crowd out. Oh, maybe that's why they switched the venues because the date... I th- think there's lots of reasons, yeah. but the, oh, that the, was not one of them. The oh. new turf, <laughs> BMO, yeah, oh, there's yeah. a whole bunch of... The, sand. The, the weather, they wanted to be able to train somewhere where it's not like minus temperatures. Yeah. And well, that would have been helpful. Because it would cost the CSA lots to train only in, in BC Place. Yeah, plus we are Canada's soccer city. The home of Canadian soccer. It, it's exciting because, yeah, talking to people within the CSA, talking to Herdman himself... Like it, uh, we were told, do not expect anything anytime soon yeah. because of the debacle around yeah. the world. I mean, Cup. The, the fallout from the NBT, NDP's decision to take Vancouver out of the World Cup hosting process. Can we not talk about that? Like, I just feel my blood pressure going up. Well, all the murmurs were that they, everyone was pissed off. We wouldn't be seeing any national team games here, men or women, for a long time. I, I was surprised. We knew we talked on last week's show there was going to be an announcement. We said it was going to be one of two things either a friendly in a training camp before this game or this game getting moved here. I thought the friendly was more likely, but they do like the hot climbs for that, so maybe not. But I genuinely never thought they would come and play a game here, at least not so soon. Yeah, you must I, be stunned. I, no, I didn't either, yeah. Was their last game in the Toronto, the attendance there a factor? Do they want more? You th- it has to have played into it. 10,500, they barely drew. How much more is that going to be for French Guyana, though? Well, they think they're going to pack out the lower bowl. Well, that's not bad. Because they're gonna, Alfonso Davies is coming back. The stuff that's like 27 that. and a half. They're not going to get 27 and a half. It depends how they market it, how cheap the tickets are, how many free tickets they give away. I well, think, they can fill the bottom bowl if I they have enough tarp. 18 to 20 is I, I think if they, get, if they get 20 like they did for the first game here in World Cup qualifying against Honduras, that's that, would solid, be, yeah. that would be great. That's doubling Toronto. If you if you wanna if you are, love Canada and want to su- actively support them at this match, please go and connect with the Voyagers. They have three sections. I think they're even uh, having part for people who are bringing their family who still want to be in and with the supporters. Yeah, so, so that was a family section. Yeah, in the so end, yeah. so get in touch with the Voyagers. And on, from reading on the, the Voyagers forum this week, there's a lot of guys already booked their flights. And yeah, there's some a lot, yeah. lot of excitement. But for the general public here. Considering the MLS season will just have started, so folks maybe not fully in the, the football mood again, how big a draw are French Guiana? No, that's the is thing, 18 though. even being optimistic? No, no, that's the thing. French, this is the opposite of a, of a, of a Whitecaps white yeah, match you campaign. To see Van- you're not Canada. coming to see French Guiana. Yeah. You're coming to see Canada. And you're coming to in ideally see game. in a, in a Scott Arfield. A, a legitimate game where they need to, they need to win and ideally pump a number of goals, right? And yes, you're going to... No, they just need to draw, actually, the, just to, to right. be in the top six. Right, okay. But is there? there's still a chance they could come top Debbie of, that, of all yeah. that, right? Oh, yeah. for sure. Oh, That'll yeah. help with seeding so, and everything. So, this, yeah. Uh, but then you have these players who are coming, or, sorry, hopefully coming. Alfonso Davies return, right? Yeah. yeah. Will, will Atiba Hutchison be a part of this group? I, I, will will, you know, uh, will your Scottish friend be a part of this group? Arfield, yes. right? Hoylet. Hoylet just hit a... Banger this this weekend. Oh, right? that right? was w- one of the goals of the season. Will he so be? Far. Will he be here? Like, who are they going to bring? Right? Like, that's. I do wonder if Fonzie's going to make it. They're going to do all the marketing around Fonzie's homecoming, but 
It is an international window, so they have to let him go, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I oh, just, he's I just have this thing in the back of my no, head that Fonzie's not going to be here for it. No, you're thinking Scotland probably, but Alfonso Davies will be here. There's no doubt. He could be injured. Let's not like. Of course, he could be. Arfield could be injured. He won't be. I know. Russell is going to be injured. Arfield might not be here. We'll see. Yeah, it's it's funny how they put Russell as the third player. Who was the other two? Was it Hutchison? It's it was on the little poster. Was oh, there three people in it? I can't remember now. I think it was Davies, Hutchison, and Rusty. Yeah. But we'll bring some some audio from the presser and after the presser now. So we'll hear a little bit from a question I asked John Herdman during the press conference and then a little bit of Russell Tybert talking about some Canada stuff after the press conference. When the decision was made for Vancouver not to be part of the World Cup bid, a lot of people thought that Vancouver then would not host any more qualifying games or actual national team games. What, what's behind the decision to come back here apart from the crowd? Did, did you push for that? Did the surface play an aspect in that? I think the, the prime motivation is to, to keep bringing this game to as many parts of Canada as we can. You know, the, there are some facilities that have you know that opportunity to put big crowds in them and this is one of them and then you've got the weather conditions you know the the weather in that time of year is is often not favorable in other parts of canada so you know we know bc and in march is yeah it's doable and playable and trainable so you know it's a it's a great place and it's my hometown his hometown. So Russ was winging us and he was saying, look, John, you better have it here. <laughs> Giving us grief. Um, and my wife and kids were doing the same. Now, it's, it just makes sense in that March period to, to make sure we get the best training facilities and a, a world-class facility that can host a big match. And it's a big, bloody match. It's, it's a big game for us. What, what I asked John about possibly not having another game here. Did that worry you when Vancouver pulled out that you may not have another national team game here? I'm fortunate enough to be able to play uh, in Vancouver all the time with the Whitecaps and and feel the love and support. But uh, playing with Canada, being able to represent your country, not only just a city, is something really, truly special. So, you know, I don't think I was ever worried, but uh, what I can say now is I'm excited to, to play in that game. We talked about it within the presser there, but uh, potential comeback for Alfonso Davies in Vancouver should he be available? Yeah. What, what, what do you think that means potentially for the city and, and of course, you as a former teammate with him at the Whitecaps and still at Canada? Uh, how cool would that be just to have him back at BC Place? The way he left, I don't think he could leave any better than the way he did. So I know everybody in Vancouver is going to welcome him back with open arms and hopefully he can put another performance like he did. You guys look to be getting better as, as the games go on, but if there is one area of improvement, maybe not from yourself personally, but maybe from a team outlook, um, what, what do you think you guys could be doing better heading into that encounter? You know what? We had we made a lot of history this year. The way the team's progressed, like you said, we just keep getting better and better. So I think what we need to do as a team collectively is is follow John's game plan, follow what he's created with the, with the men's national team, and I think we're going to be in a good spot. So like to deal with John, obviously we've known him in this market for quite a bit with his work with the women's squad and all that, but what's it like working with him behind the scenes? He seems to be quite the people, the people person slash manager slash tactician as well. You know what? I thought, I really thought that I, I was the hardest worker 
but I'm telling you, John and his staff, they put in so many hours and, and they work harder than anybody I've ever met. And they, they are what's driving me and what's driving this team to work harder and, and give even more and reach levels that we, we may not have before. Our friends, the Yummy Fur, with the Canadian flag, in case folk were wondering who does that song. Because <laughs> you always get asked. Yeah. In my head, I do. The voices <laughs> in my head ask me a lot. But yeah, Russell's tie there, talking about the good year it has been for Canada on the pitch. Only four matches, but still, four wins, four clean sheets. It does feel like a new era. He's very complimentary of, of John Herdman there. Are you excited by what you've seen on the pitch so far? The competition hasn't been that great, but the uh, the way they're playing is exciting. And the, like I think, Zach, you mentioned this like last week or the week before. The exciting part is who's coming off the bench. <sighs> when you when you bring yeah. in three subs on, and they're, it's almost like yeah. sometimes better than what you had on the pitch initially. I think there's a number of things to be excited about. Yeah, Steve mentioned this, this, uh, the, the depth in the attacking part of the squad is like what we've, we've never seen this before for Canada, ever. I don't think ever. You can talk about what they've done for the, the national team or whatever, maybe that. They haven't done enough yet for the national team, but the, the actual options and the qualities they have and the way it allows them to play is crazy. Uh, another, oh, Sorry, crazy for a Canadian supporter. Um, for uh, another thing that's exciting about, one of the things I've liked about John Herdman is uh, the way in which he's had somewhat different approaches to to these games. I know the initial formation always kind of looks the same, but the way they employ it has been a little bit different. It's fluid, I, I, would you say? One sense fluid, but mm. the other thing uh, that's been amazing, it was like there's these teams we're supposed to hammer, and it wasn't like, hey, let's just go out and whatever. It was like, no, even though the formation looks like a 4-3-3, it's going to be, what was it, a – Two, two, four, no, two, three, yeah. something two, like that. Two, five, three, right? Yeah, something like that. Is it two, two, five, three? You just, or, or, or a two, three, five. Like it was crazy. It was crazy in those games, the way that they, cray, cray. the way they, they went for it. And it, so it showed some tactical awareness, some tactical noose to, 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 to change things yeah. up and not just keep them kind of status quo. And so I've enjoyed that. It, it looks like they can have a different look even within the same formation. That's been really exciting, and I, I mean, I I've been, I enjoyed John Herman when he coached the women's team. So far, I've been enjoying him as the as the men's coach, and uh, he's been I, quite honest as well. Like in the press conference, he talked about we needed to score more goals totally. against Dominica. We needed to score more goals in in St. Kitts. St. Kitts, but that, that's sorry. That was my last promising thing. Is that I know they should have scored more goals in St. Kitts. But they got the result in not a cr- cr- it wasn't Central America yes. like crazy difficult in the past that would have been a nil nil in the, in the past they might have or been a nil nil or they might have lost yeah, yeah. and so and like, they said the pitch was horrible then, yeah too. yeah it, it, that's what countries. they would have said in the past they would yeah. say he would lost but yeah, they still you know said it but was they, terrible they said they still said it yeah. and, but they said it wasn't they could have still scored more goals if they wanted to what grade would you give him then from his first year in charge for me it's an A minus. And it's mostly because of what he's doing off the pitch, uh, the recruiting of some of the players, making sure they come on board for Canada, and the selling of the team to uh, the public. Hmm. I was a B. 
I'm more with Steve. I think you can't go below B plus. Uh, B plus was in my head, but I thought I, I, B plus, I'm not a even minus. counting the results because the results, like I said, they're, 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 the quality of opposition wasn't that great. But he's he brought in uh, a tabla, which nobody thought was going to happen. Yeah, we thought Drogba had that. Be, uh, There's a few up. others. That Take are that, DDA. Yeah. About it. Shut up, DDA. Yeah, and then Boosty. Uh, good to get him in there. That's a good one. Yeah, the, yep. the, good old Marco Bustis. No, <laughs> what? Alessandro. Oh, and there were a few other ones that he was able the, to. Uh, the, the, sorry, the negative. Maybe why I would go from a a minus like you, Steve, to B plus is uh, I. And I know this is not all on John Herdman, so I'm not saying this is all on John Herdman. But the uh, I'm going to get the age wrong now. Is you U17? U17 qualification for the World Cup? Recently? U20. U20. Is U20? I forget which one. Anyways, the lack of having some of those bigger name players, which I know their clubs did not have to release them, but the the lack of results in that scenario was extremely disappointing with the potential roster you could have for that team. The only reason I'm giving them a B is just they've not fully been tested. Yeah, 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 that's right. So that's why. It was just if it's just on results, I would give B B minus even. Mm. But I'm just saying the, yeah. the other stuff. Yeah, um, the the last bit then around the Canadian men's national team for this part. What's the expectation of him now for 2019? I was reading the Voyagers forum. There was some debate about this. Is what what would be seen as exceeding expectations? What would be a failure? Obviously, you're looking at qualifying for the Nations League and the Gold Cup, and assuming we we're in the Gold Cup. And just maybe looking at that, what would what's the expectation? What would be above it, and what would be the failure? If we're talking about obviously qualification for League Nations and uh, or Nations League, whatever they call themselves, and also the Gold Cup, and I I would love to see at least a semi final uh, appearance in the Gold Cup. Or conference final. I, I don't know what they I call it there. Semi. Do they call it corner for conference final in the Gold Cup? Or it <laughs> semi for me would be exceeding expectations. Quarterfinals, I feel. Oh no, I'm hoping. For, a, I'm hoping yeah. for a semi final uh, appearance. Yeah. Not getting through the group at the Gold Cup. That would be, be a failure. Oh, failure. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I think you, your your comments are fair. Like, yeah, they need to win the, the game in March. Uh, and advance into the Gold Cup. The Gold Cup, uh, yeah, I would, I, I would, I, I would lean more with Steve, and that, maybe that's optimistic. But I think they should be in the semifinals of the Gold Cup. A lot of depends on the the draw as well. Yeah, and the, results and yeah, yeah. But something I'm really excited about about the national team coming back in March is the return of former White Cap David Edgar. Potential. Who I did wonder could David Edgar maybe make a return to Vancouver, but apart from that. When he's back in March, it's a chance for David Edgar to take me out. Take me out! So it's at night, you don't fancy cooking, you decide to get some takeout food. What would be your takeout food of choice? I'd have to say uh, chicken tikka masala. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Large, large garlic naan and uh, a couple of pompadoms. And do you go out much here? Is there anywhere here that you I haven't, I haven't really had a, a proper Indians here yet. I'm thinking strictly from... I'm not a big Chinese person. Uh, if it's not a pizza, it would be an Indians. Yeah. But that's a proper takeout. It's big in the UK, yeah. so yeah. yeah. It's our national food over yeah. Shut up, I'm out here. I went to the gym shop, I'm out here. Went to the burger shop.
He didn't want a Chinese takeaway, but I didn't have a song about uh, not chicken wanting tikka masala or yeah. not wanting a Chinese takeaway. Oh, I could have got you a song. That, that's that. our <laughs> ending anyway. I'm sure you could. But yeah, David Edgar. Always liked David. I thought David Edgar may possibly end up in the Canadian PL. <laughs> vehemently denied that when you told him. Yes. <laughs> I think later on. Later on. Down the road, yeah, for sure. But as Zach just told me during that, apparently he's on trial just now with Sunderland. Uh, yeah, I heard that he was... Third tier now in, in England. Beside but it, is, AFC it is awkward with his magpie history. Yeah, ex-Newcastle lad going back to Sunderland. But he, he loves it over there. But that's maybe an interesting one. But we'll just finish this section off with a little bit of Canadian Premier League chat. All the teams announced their first signed players this week. Quite a few Whitecaps connections in amongst them. Three? Was it three? I was trying to work out exactly how many. Three. Yeah. No, there's three for sure. I had two and I thought it felt like more. No, no, there's three for sure. There's three for sure. Okay, well, we'll come to them. Okay. Not exactly unsurprising, really, by the kind of quality that it is, but I think it's the level I kind of expected. Victoria's Pacific FC signed Caden Chung. He had been over in Germany with Kaiserslautern 2. He was meant to be coming to play at UBC this college season, but then at the last kind of minute, he decided to go and train with TFC too. And I believe there was kind of dangling a carrot that he could go and have pre-season with the, with the first team there. But he has been training with a number of other guys four or five days a week with Pacific FC. So it makes sense that, that he is a guy that they signed. And it's a local lad. Yeah. Good signing. Yeah, for sure, and I, I, I still think he could be like. I wish the Whitecaps would still go after him, but uh, maybe that's that ship is too small for MLS. I don't think so. I, I think he's like what he's but growing. He in, needs to bulk up. The, the next last time I saw him in the in the uh, Pacific advertising, he's much bigger than he was before. So you know you have to grow with these guys too. You got to help them grow. You can't expect them to just do it on their own. Yeah, he he just he got barged off the ball a lot in USL. Like, just muscled out. That's well, your opinion. Well, it'll be interesting to see what his time in what is, like, fourth division Germany or whatever yeah. has done for him. But I, it's, I think it's a it's a positive signing for them in terms of a BC player uh, and someone who, although he, you know, is primarily a right back, is someone who likes to attack. Mm. And so uh, hopefully... I hope he does well. I like I, I, I do hope that he, he gets a, a good shout. Well, his brother Logan is still in the residency. Cavalry FC signed former Canadian international Nick Ledgerwood and former TFC homegrown signing, the Colombian-born midfielder Sergio Camargo. Not big surprises because both were with Foothills last year that won the PDL Championship. And I have been kind of told that to maybe expect around eight of that team to end up on the Cavalry roster this year. Yeah, I think it's not hard to guess some of them. Ledgerwood adds experience, which Actually, you kind of want. I'm surprised Carducci wasn't one of their first signings, considering like he was almost the face of the team before they became. Yeah, uh, like he was PDL keeper of the year. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm pretty sure he, he's, he's going to be, be one there. of them. Yeah, I know he will be. But they were always like kind of banding him about about you know him being. But, the, the face. but you need uh, you need I don't know about Camargo so much, but you need a Ledgerwood. For oh, them, for sure. Right? Yeah, you need. You, Why not have Ledgerwood needs one of the these. older one and yeah. then Carducci the younger one? I think that would have been ideal. Camargo's 24 now. He's more attacked. Though, right? Yeah. Oh, he's young for a white cap. He he looked he looked good in PDL, but he he used to be a decent prospect. But he's never quite made the grade. This is going to probably be his last chance to either live up to what folk were expecting from him, or 
that's basically going to be it. He's like an attacking midfielder, yeah. right? Yeah. He's got goals and, yeah. FC Edmonton, oh, they went yeah. with Randy Edwini Bonson. Oh, R-E-B. Randy, I really... Speaking of the PDL last year, we, were, we were talking about PDL. Yeah. He was a dynamic force in that. Oh, yeah, when he was coming, yeah. when he was playing residency. Yeah, in the PDL, yeah. yeah. Randy is uh, an awesome dude. I mean, yeah. he also played USL in 2010 or... Yeah, 2010 Whitecaps. Oh, he yes. Scored, he scored yes. the only uh-huh. goal against... We had our songs and everything for like, Yeah. Edwinny Yeah, but Randy's just a like a quality yeah. dude. Like he, he's he's from one of the, Edmonton. He's um, one of the guys from that era I've kept in yeah. touch with because he's such a quality dude. His family emigrated from Ghana to Edmonton in 2002. He's 28 now, which I was kind of surprised by, but thinking about it makes sense, obviously. 10 national team caps. Played in Germany, not at the high level, but, but he started off in Finland in Europe, mm-hmm. he, the, where yeah. he really did well. He tore there. it up. Yeah, the thing was how he got on in Germany is he went to Eintracht Braunschweig and he he was on a trial and played in a friendly against Werder Bremen and they won two nil and he scored a brace and they like they signed him like right away. But then they got promoted to the Bundesliga and then he didn't get time and then he made his way down the pyramid. And he played for some interesting clubs, including yeah. the including the well-known Stuttgart kickers, which I think when he was there, maybe we were third division, but they've had players come through like Klinsman and like I think Freddie Bobich I think also played there and kind of he's played at some interesting places. As for the rest, Eddie's also signed Alan Zebi. Valor took Skylar Thomas. The former TFC player. Forge FC went with Kyle Becker. Yep. And Chris Nanko. That's because they're former Sigma players, right? And they're the coach ah, of Sigma is yeah. okay. Becker also won the was with San Francisco when yes. MDS won the title, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. York Nine had Kyle Porter. Former Wake. Former yeah, that's Halifax went for Zachary Secunda, who I don't know anything about. No, I never do. Now I they're good signings, they've got experience. Playing a little bit of devil's advocate or poking just to put a question out there. Are these the kind of high or end of the players that we should be expecting in the league? And if so, is that a high level? Are some of these guys maybe players whose best days, don't want to say behind them, well, but they've maybe no, not. But, but these, remember, the, 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 uh, the whole point of the CPL is Canadians first. Now, if you're going to sign players, you got to make the Maybe first the players. First you got to make yeah. sure the Canadians. So, do you expect to see higher quality? So in that I would see. I'd, I'd say one or one, at least one per team will be a little bit higher than this. Maybe at the best, but I, I, not not as many. Maybe one or two. The interesting thing about these inaugural guys here is there's a spectrum there, man. You go from like oh, a yeah. 20 year old Chung to a Nick Ledgerwood, yeah, and then you got someone sort of like in the prime ish years of his career, and like Kyle Becker. So you kind of have the whole range in there, right? And yeah, Steve's right. These one of the reasons why these are the inaugural signings is because they're Canadian. Uh, there are players uh, to come who, for better or for worse, are international players. Yes, like one of the one of the I'll say this here. I'll say this in little detail here. This is not hard. This is not rocket science to figure out if you Google a few things. But um, some people have been hinting at one of York Nine's signings, and York York Nine is the nine regions that make up York Region. A part of that is uh, Woodbridge Vaughan, which is a significant it- Italian community. And so I think I think you'll see some Italian influence with uh, credible history. Let's just say. But, Ooh, but but Paolo but Paolo Rossi is coming out of retirement. Or is it Dino I, 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 I thought it was Andre Pirlo. 
Oh. I'm just hearing. I'm just hearing that from people, and that, you know, people were hinting at that uh, in other places. But so we'll see if that comes to fruition. Is Mass going to move to your place? No, no. Well, let's see what other announcements come. I'm sure they're going to have a lot more announcements coming regularly, especially maybe in the build-up to Christmas. Get some of those season ticket packages sold for Christmas. But we'll be back with the last part of this week's show after this. Hey, I'm Brett Levi's, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Vancouver band said the whale there with Cascadia. But with the success of all the Cascadia teams in the MLS Cup, I'm saying all, yes. All the Cascadia teams in the Four MLS years in Cup. Four years in a row. Yeah. Do you think that's going to boost the independence movement? Like when Scotland do well, the SP get a big boost? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think, yeah. Nah, ah, well, that's a shame. Anyway, you are back listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. Now, it's time, it's time for, for my favourite part of the show. It's time for the business. It is. Literally. I'm going to do the business now. We're continuing our songs about footballers. We've had them the last few weeks. So we've had songs about a Scottish player, a Welsh player, an English player, an Irish player. So I thought, let's go for an Argentine player, Maradona. And this song's got swearing, if yeah. you include, if you class the word shit as swearing, which I don't. Just part of Scottish vocabulary. I says beep, but <laughs> he 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 actually Maradona had an interesting. They, I saw it on a um, uh, one of the ESPN shows. They were talking about his interview. He had an interview with somebody, and it, it was it, it was, was on part during the Copa. They yeah, had, yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah. it was in Spanish and everything. But the whole thing was the reaction of the people interviewing him. Hit their facial reactions was what because they were like going they were puzzled at what he was talking about and he was just talking in this drowned out voice like oh my god I still loved that the World Cup I can't remember who it was they were playing but he was gesticulating yeah yeah Nigeria yeah. I think you're right ah uh, good old Maradona English folk don't like him they had, which, to do, they had to do a press release to say he wasn't dead from a cocaine overdose during the World Cup remember that no the, they, they thought like he because they had a picture of him that passed out. Or something oh. like that, and they thought he had like a. People were speculating he had a heart attack, so they had to do his press release to make sure nobody thought that, and he was. They were saying he was fine. I love Maradona mainly from the '86 World <laughs> Cup. We still sing about it. You put your left hand in, your left hand out. <laughs> do the hokey cokey, or do the Maradona as we sang. But this is English punk band The Business, Maradona.
There, they're not big fans of Diego Maradona. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I didn't know that. Obviously, it was an English band, right? That's. From, I guess if it was a Scottish band, it would have been different. Yeah, that's from their 1994 Keep the Faith album. You can also find it on their 2003 album Hardcore Hooligan. We featured the business quite a few times in Wavelength, and they have so many football songs. Most of them will feature in Football Violence Awareness Month, but not all of them. And we'll be back with a song about another player next week, which is a lot more melodic and nice. But now, it's time for Steve's favourite part of the show. He gets to do all the talking. It's BC Soccer Web Headlines. What well, I wouldn't say favourite part of the show, but it's the one You've where... just broke Bill Curry's heart. Oh, sorry. Anyway. Sorry, Bill. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com. Your one-stop site for local, national and international news and links. Make it part of your everyday routine and listen or read bcsoccerweb.com morning, noon or night. What was catching your eyes on the site this week, Steve? Yeah, I don't think you listen. I don't think he has audio options for BC. I, I, I put it on my computer to oh, read it out. Okay, cool. Okay, so a couple of follow-ups. Uh, 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 obviously, the big story last week was the Copa Libertadores. Um, Just get my seat fixed. Okay, sure. Um, So the final, uh, the second leg of the final will be played in uh, Madrid. I was hoping for BC Place. Okay, wait. On December 9th. Okay. I heard yesterday 
that it might not actually play oh, because what? River River's saying they won't play there. Well, then oh. they, they, they might forfeit then. Mm. Uh, they, they Don't mentioned throw things at the opposing team's bus. They, the club didn't throw anything at the bus. I, actually, it that, wasn't in the no, ground. That is the annoying thing. There was like 70,000 people in the stadium and there's a handful of idiots outside and then everyone gets punished because of that. Yeah, It is a bit crap. Well, well the thing is... They, Maybe you want to take the conspiracy further. Maybe they drove that, that bus with uh, easily to breaking windows and they dressed up their fans in oh, river notch. I'm joking. Maybe. <laughs> maybe the police were actually Boca substitutes. Mm-hmm. They gassed their own play. Yeah. They should have done the same. They should have done it's the... like Stephen here when he's had too much stuff to No, eat. come on. <laughs> I don't think that's ever happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we never know. Um, uh, it is right now tied 2-2. So uh, River has the advantage in away goals. No, there's no away goals. There's no away goals. We just I'm, learned that right now. No, Breaking I, news. I was told. I was told that the other day I went to go watch it. They the were going to play come. it initially in Qatar. Yeah, which was is Qatar. Which but is where, where's the FIFA World Cup? Qatar. So they're going to play it somewhere near Qatar then. <laughs> Morocco then. Yeah. Um. Uh. The <laughs> River was also fined four hundred thousand dollars, and they are having order their next two matches. Uh, uh, carnival matches to be played behind closed doors. So if they do decide to play at River with this punishment, <laughs> there'll be nobody in the stands apparently. Oh, because that would count as yes. one of the two games, right? The well, that would make sense. Yeah. So interesting to see if they if they refuse to play, maybe there's some negotiations. Maybe they can play. Absolute mess. I, I just heard that. By the way, I didn't read it. Yeah. Someone just messaged me said they heard the game might be off in, on the ninth. Um, Spanish league, uh, another issue with, uh, uh moving a game oh, somewhere. Yeah. Uh, there's the Spanish league is suing the soccer federation, the Spanish soccer federation over the match in the U S that we talked about a while ago. It's between Barcelona and Girona in January. I think they're playing in Miami. Um, and they're going to, the decision for the actual lawsuit is going to be expected in a couple of weeks because they kind of got to deal with it because the game's coming up in the, January. The match was to be played in Miami, right? Yes. Yeah. And they were going to fly the fans over, especially the Girona fans. I think there was some kind of deal with them where they were going to, and they were going to get. Yeah, it was something for season ticket holders. For next, or, yeah. yeah. They were going to get discounts on their next year's tickets and stuff like that. It was a big, really actually a kind of a windfall for them if you think of it. Girona, if I'm not wrong, is a part of the city football group, I believe. It's their Spanish team. Is it? I think so. Cool. Um, uh, some new news uh, around the world. Uh, Robbie Keane has officially retired from uh, football and has been named the Ireland assistant coach. He will join Mick McCarthy um, on the national team, who I think is going to be coaching until the Euros, and they've already got uh, his replacement all set up and ready to go. I, I can't remember his name. It was in a different article. But Robbie Keane is officially part of the Ireland uh, uh, coaching staff. Uh, do you think uh, the only thing that would ha- I think would haunt him is if Russell Tybert was uh, on the opposing coaching staff because that would have irritated him because he was always irritated by Russell Tybert, right? Yeah, he was always in his back pocket. He always had a really good game against him. You talked about it last week, the Dortmund bus attack. Yeah, I guess I got it wrong. I, I thought they played it that day. They played no, they the played next, the next, next day. day. Um, but uh, the the suspect or the the person who set the bomb, because he kind of admitted that he didn't set the bomb, he meant not to hurt anybody. Uh, but they have a uh, German court on Tuesday convicted Sergej W. They don't announce apparently the last name because of privacy reasons of twenty eight counts of attempted murder in last year's attack on the on the Dortmund bus. Um, and sentenced him to 14 years in prison. It was an 11th month trial. The prosecutors alleged that he took out a loan to place a bet 
that Dortmund's value would drop and then he bombed the bus trying to disguise it as Islamic terrorism. Uh, Dortmund is the only one that gets pu- publicly traded, I think. And that's why the, it was to lower their values. That was essentially what it was. Uh, the bombing happened as Dortmund set off for the Champions League match against Monaco. It was rescheduled for the next day and they lost 3-2 to uh, Monaco. But at least a, a, a kind of a closure there for that, that whole ordeal that happened last year. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cameroon has been stripped of hosting the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations. Uh, the governing body has said that it's because of delays in the progress of Cameroon's preparation of the tournament uh, that was due to start in June. And um, the organization has said a number of compliance conditions have not been met and it did not want to expose the Africa Cup of Nations to any issues that would impact on the success of the most prestigious African competition. And this was this is the first time they've shifted it to June? Because it used to be in January. Yeah, I think so. I, I think, think you're right. I think it might be the first one. Yeah. Do you remember that, Michael? Mm-hmm. It's usually in January, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you sorry, my mouth was full. Oh, sorry. So, yeah, th- that was... Uh, th- it, it was also... There was some kind of issue with violence, too, that there was, it, it was unsafe in that area due to um, uh, warring factions. Next story, uh, a footballer alive and well despite the Irish Amateurs Club report of his death. This was a story that came out, I saw this on Twitter, an amateur football team from Dublin um, basically falsified reported that one of their players had died. It was uh, Ballybrack FC, they informed their, the Leinster Senior League side um, that Fernando Nuno La Fuente had been killed in a motorcycle accident. The game against Arcolo Town on Saturday was postponed with a minute silence held before all the other league's fixtures. Apparently, the league didn't kind of buy it because uh, they, they dug a little deeper and they found that he'd gone back to Spain four weeks earlier yes. and was alive and well. Uh, the player actually said himself, as soon as I heard the news I wrote to them, they got straight back to me and told me that what was going on and they apologized. I had to call my mom straight away, and she basically didn't know anything. She saw this morning, my photo was on all the newspapers. I haven't spoken to her yet because she didn't answer any of the message I sent. So it's I, kind of that's kind of really bad there. It's really, they've apologized, and it, it, the it member makes who, it sound like they wanted the game off, so they just came up with this yeah, thing. Apparently the, no member, one's gonna... the member of the senior staff that reported it to the league has been let go yeah, or resigned or something like that. So odd story there. Now, it doesn't get... It gets a little odder in the next story. Yes. Um, this is when I tweeted out. I love this. So when it was learned that Lewis Kurz, Kier, sorry, would be leaving the club, uh, normally they wish him well in a tweet. So yeah. Nursery NFC. He's just an am- amateur team. Yeah. They, 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 they sent out a tweet. And uh, Michael, you want to read it out for yeah. you? Yeah. So this is a, an amateur team in England. I can't remember exactly where it is off the top of my head. But they said, as a club, we'd like to wish Lewis Kears all the best as he parts ways with the Nursery Inn. The young centre-back has been sentenced to 18 months in a youth offenders institution for attempted robbery. We wish him all the best and hope he comes out of this less of a fucking idiot. Tweet of the year. But they also followed it up. Yeah, which I didn't know until you put this on it. So they followed it up by changing his profile on the website. Number 12, Lewis Kears, position centre-back, stroke behind bars. About to go on loan to Her Majesty's Prison, Franklin. The young centre-back has been Kears... Key Kears, that's a pun, yeah. to nursery since he formed in 2016. He has bailed us out many times. Shame we can't bail him out. We'll miss him when he goes to prison. And they, they had a picture in that tweet as well. That's some good, they, pr- they picked, they took, they, that's some good prison humor right yeah. there. Oh, the White Cats need to learn from this. 
So yeah, so interesting to see they, they, that that's obviously done and dusted with them. He, they, I don't think he'll be returning to the club. Uh, I think that was just tongue in cheek. I don't know. It might be might turn his life around. Yeah. Uh, some North American soccer news: uh, some MLS transactions that we didn't talk about earlier. Uh, David Vila will not be returning to New York City FC. No, but he is coming to a camp in Vancouver. Oh, is he? Actually, uh, might have been this weekend. This yeah. weekend or next weekend? Is he actually coming? Yeah, he's wow. special meet and greet at BC Place. So, but he is rumored BC Place. Mm-hmm. That's where they're having the camp. What? Yeah, that's not a it's cheap place. Seventy bucks plus. Yeah, that's camp a big wigs probably. Is it? Yeah. Oh no! Well, they're gonna have. You gonna a, go? No, I'm not gonna go. <laughs> they're gonna. Have, they're probably <laughs> gonna have a thousand people showing up. Get, get the wee man out. Yeah, no. He is not going to be signing with anybody else in MLS, but he is rumored to be going to Japan. Yes, so, I think there's a couple of former teammates in Japan that are. Uh, playing there right now. Yeah, yeah he'll get. He'll go play with Poldi yeah. and Inesta. Yeah. yeah, Fire has have re-signed Bastian Schweinsteiger to another year. Friend of the show. Yeah. Put up your hand if you're surprised by that a little bit. I I am. Yeah. Steve is not. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, Steve. Okay. Um, as a designated player, so he still has one more year a chance to win mm. the World Cup with the Fire. Yes. <laughs> won't won't be here next year though, so we don't get him on the show again. Oh, the, you the, might go to Chicago. The banter me and Ham had at that. That thing, yeah. The sure you are. <laughs> At least he asked where I was from. Pray to report me. <laughs> Some news that Landon Donovan would find interesting. Um, home from home, Mexico agreed to a four-year deal to play in Dallas Cowboys AT&T Stadium. Mm. It's basically going to be their home stadium in America, which is kind of weird. Just at least one game a year. Though. Yeah. At least one game a year. They have played there seven times since 2009. I think that's when the stadium opened. They have a 5-1-1 one, one record there. And uh, obviously, that was mostly because of the um, uh, the mass population of Mexicans. Oh, yeah. In, in also, they're, they're better at building walls. This next Texas. story, why did you put it under the Canadian section? Oh, because it kind of affects Alfonso Davies. Okay. Um, there was an article that said... Uh, this, is, <laughs> this reminds me of like, oh, I don't know, the Whitecaps selling Bayern jerseys in their fan shop. Yes, I saw Manuel Vest. Apparently, they're at the Gastown. Did you know yes. they're? I did not know no, they're at the Gastown store. No, I didn't Yeah, that's. Oh. So, I told you China forty ninety five. Oh, it's so embarrassing. So, um, some news from Germany. Iron Robin announces his Bayern career is coming to a close, and Ribery also likely to leave. His quote was, "This is my last year in FC Bayern. It's been ten wonderful years, and then that's good." That quote is from that's Robin. Yeah, yeah, that's Robin's quote. Yeah, Ribery, he left the last game injured or something. He left with an injury. So, um, and they're talking about that prior to the season. He had also kind of been told that, or or uh, let them know that he was not going to be coming back in after this year. So, good news for a couple open spots for Alfonso. Yeah, up the depth chart. We were going to maybe finish with the Player of the Year nomination. So just before we get to them, let's yeah. mention the Canadian women's under-17. Yes, disappointing week for them. Yeah, finished fourth overall, but did reach the semifinals for the first time, which yeah. was a great achievement. They kind of played, for me, uh, against Mexico, they kind of played a little too tight. Um, they didn't play the way they normally play. Um, played like uh, freer <coughs> in, in the in the other games. They're just obviously, young girls. Uh, obviously, the Spain the Spain game was the one that they that was the one where they had a lot of players that were not part of the uh, the first team kind yeah. of thing. The, so they did a lot of stuff. But the other games, they were all they're out there. They had possession. They were playing along the deck. This one, they kind of reverted back to a bad form. Like yeah. old old habits. Of the the semi final was extremely disappointing. Yeah. yeah, like they had the goal called back, which I felt was a little harsh. Yeah. A little bit, no? Did you see where the? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah, I agree with I you. Think, I agree with you, and like you don't, you don't want to to be critical of 
the girls, and they have had a lot no, of abuse no, online. No, 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 no. But that was a shocking penalty to give up. You have to say that. Although it was a clear penalty, but I also thought I that was, Mar- was a shocking. The, the, right, I think Marcel Young's was worse. In <laughs> the the uh, no, one? it was no. That that was a stone cold penalty. The but I felt before that. Hoytema got taken down. Jordan got taken down, and it also should have she been. She just a didn't get calls on yeah. all these games. She got, she got, she got the, penalized for stuff. I yeah. think she, I think she got like the whole thing about uh, <clears throat> being the, like. I think it was a little bit of Kendall Watson kind of thing because she's bigger than yeah. everybody else. Yeah, that, yeah. that they didn't yes. give her enough. Did like, you guys leeway. see where she got taken down in yeah, yeah. the box? Yeah, we're that, agreeing with you. That <laughs> and the goal, that and the goal called back were extremely disappointing. But I, mean, I, I do think that they, 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 got, they kind of the the moment kind of got to them. Maybe and they just uh, it, it kind of was too big of a moment. Maybe I'm not yeah. sure. I don't know how to. But but one thing I do want to mention is I know you said you know we don't want to criticize them. Some of the criticism was way too harsh. Yeah. Uh, they are I didn't like see the online criticism. Was the, it really that bad? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was. It wasn't really? harsh. Yeah. it wasn't harsh where there was. It was the typical harsh, like where it was yeah. like, oh, these guys are horrible and this and that. Well, I didn't notice that one. I don't know if you saw that or not. Because they're not. But guys. it was just. It was just overly because they're 16 year old girls. Yeah. They're 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 playing the first time internationally. Uh, give them a little bit of a break. They they actually made it to the semifinals. Like what were they, they criticizing the, the, the girl? The, the, the girl who gave away the penalty. She got a lot oh, of abuse. Yeah, see, there's no there's no need for that because they I are still learning. I, the I game. can't remember her name right now, but uh, Antoine. I want to say. I don't think okay. we need to even remember her name. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> no, I mean just yeah. for her sake. Why do we even need to mention names? She, she didn't have a great third place match either. Anyway, yeah, but I would say though it's fair to criticize, but you just have to temper it. Yes, because it's like. A lot of the time in the past, the women's team didn't like the criticism they got. Yeah. But it's like... But that's the women's team. Yeah. I'm talking about you 17 I know, but I'm just yeah, saying, it's yeah. like a lot of folk feel you can't criticise the female players, which is bullshit. No, no, no. it's no. like, if you want to hold yourself up as equals to the men, you take the criticism that the men would get as well. Yeah. So this, it's not to do with that. But it's for the me, fact that these are young. Yeah. Even if it was under 17 boys as well, it's, you've got to give them a break. I well, think we've, we've criticised on the... The, the the youth te- men's team yeah. no but yeah. I think that's harsh I think that even yeah. the U20s uh, uh, criticism was a little too harsh cause but at the same time you still have to criticise otherwise you don't grow or develop you, no you yeah. criticise in yeah. a constructive yes. way instead of being like uh, yeah, like foul mouth yeah, yeah. Oh. The, the, like you said Michael the, the thing is this is uh, this ultimately despite these last two games this was a great uh, a great accomplishment, or it was fantastic they, they, they achievement did, they, by they, Riri and the girls. They did their best ever, the U seventeen, yeah. right? So, so we're gonna, uh, the last bit of news we have here is we're going to mention some of the nominees uh, yes. for Canadian national players. I'm going to first start with the youth players. I've not sent mine in yet. Yeah, I'm going to start off with the youth players. Just we don't get to vote on that one, unfortunately. Uh, but I'm going to mention some guys. Um, some of the players for the uh, and they actually now done like where they combine all the youth players instead of just doing in U twenty and U seventeen. Some of the youth men that are, have been nominated, uh, Boosty, uh, Alessandro Boosty from Juventus, uh, U23s, Cornelius, who, who made his debut with the national team. Jonathan, Jonathan David, David, who's done really well. Liam Miller. So those are some of the... Yeah, I, I think David will get I don't understand why Alfonso Davies wasn't nominated in the U20s, like in the youth. Why was he? Why can't he be double nominated? I don't understand that part. Well, he's going to win the senior player of the year. Well, we'll see. No, he's going to. Well, because like Jordan Hightum is not in youth and the adult women either. Whereas if she was in the adult women, I would have voted her for adult women. Yeah. So you must only be able to get one A category. Year. Yeah. But Liam Miller is in both. Oh, well, that's, that's completely blown that I, yeah. theory out the world. Oh, yeah, he is. So, um, okay, so some of the women... Um, that's odd. Maybe it's matches played, a number of matches played uh-huh. in that age. I don't know. Some of the women, actually, uh, these oh, are part, the, some of the Whitecaps uh, girls that were nominated in the youth uh, were uh, Julia Grosso, 
Uh, Jordan Huntima, obviously. I think she's probably going to win. Yeah, yeah. Jordan and, will win that. And Anderson Williams uh, from the – and she, she had a nice uh, spotlight actually on FIFA, her and her dad. Uh, if you can check it out, that would be great. Um, jo- Jonathan David and Jordan Haitama for me. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, the women on the women's side, uh, you got uh, obviously Janine Becky, uh, Kanisha Buchanan, who could be the favorite because obviously they won the Champions League too. Mm. Um, Jesse Fleming, uh, Stephanie Labe, Ashley Lawrence, Chapman, Prince. I think not many too many people. They should cut it down to like four yeah. or five. Uh, Prince Quinn Schmidt, Desiree Scott, Christine Sinclair. Um, and Shalina Zardarsky. Do you think they're just going to give it to Sinclair again? I hope not. Uh, she's got a number. I'm worried she's, that she's, she's she nominated for the Ballon d'Or as well. Oh, right. I'm worried that the, uh, the the people that watch don't watch that much, the yeah, media, yeah. and they'll just put Sinclair on top. It should be Kadisha. Yeah. I think it is because she, she, she did quite yeah, a bit yeah. this I year. agree with you. It would be a good year for Kadisha to get it. Um, the men, you got uh, Michael's favorite, Scott Arfield. Yeah, he's got my vote. You don't need to go on in the list. Anyway, Mil- that was the social. <laughs> Mil- Mila Borian, uh, Lucas Cavallini, who did really well in Mexico this year and is still doing well. Uh, Jonathan David, double nominee. Oh. oh yeah. um, Alfonso Davies. Oh, who Single nominee. Clearly, he's over 20 now. Um, uh, Junior Hoylet, Atiba Hutchinson, Kyle Lahren, Liam Miller, again, double nominee. Jonathan Azario, Samuel Piet, and Balu Tabla. He's just, again, he's just nominated because it's like that's part of his deal for. But he's the, he's young the too. He could easily be yeah. nominated. Okay. it's so weird that they nominate someone. So aside from let's say aside from uh, Davies and maybe Jonathan David because you know his 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 uh, rising star has really kind of come recently, right? Uh, who else? Who else, if it wasn't for those two? Who else would you see as being? I I, I like I said, Cavallini had a really good year in Pueblo. Uh, for in the Mexican leagues, um, I know his team was awful this year. Yeah, but he scored. No, no, no. Atiba Hutchinson always has to be up there because he does play a major role in a the, team that plays in Champions uh, League. What do you guys think? I'm going to give you another person, Steve. I, I, uh, I wasn't talking Osorio? about Lu- Lu- Lucas Asario. Yeah, Asario was too. Asario, his team was not yeah. good, he, but he had, he had he an incredible year. Yeah. He's second behind our field for me. I am really? genuinely voting for Scott. Arthur. You're not voting for Davies. 20, he was involved in 20 goals. Oh, maybe me. Sorry, 20 goals for his club team. And how many more? No, for okay, he can be I don't, I don't even know how he gets a vote. <laughs> they don't look at my passport. Okay. Or maybe they think I am Canadian. I don't yeah. know. Because I sign Canadian. Just like Scott Arfield. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, that is it for this week's show. Hope you've enjoyed it. We've overrun. Another end of season show where we overran. But just before we do go... Let everyone know where they can find you online, Mr. Zachary and Mr. Steve. You can find me at Whitecap Speed, and the reason we overran was Maxime Crippo, clearly. <laughs> uh, for me, it's uh, at Zachary AM on Twitter. I'm a part of the movement Curva Collective. However, I also want to just encourage people to get out to the Southsiders uh, AGM this Saturday. And, eat, and, and sing a song for us. Sing a song, but also just engage in discussion about you know where that Vancouver supporter group is is headed. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFT in Canada, on Instagram at AFT in Soccer, on Facebook at AFT in Canada, and read our stuff on the website, AFTN.ca. That is it for this week's show. We'll be back with a lot more chat next week. Thanks for bearing with us. And until then, thanks for listening. Take care. And mon the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. 
the atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.